Rustic memories. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 20th of May 2018. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Leeks. And Robert Kemp. Onions. No, not onions. Not onions. Wow. Unless, unless the leeks are layered like onions. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we'll feel back the layers of these leeks. That's probably quite true. I discovered that they're actually yeah. onions. <laughs> they are sort onions. of layered, aren't they? Leeks. Yeah, I guess. They sort of fracture when it you might cut as well them. Technically be an onion. Yeah, they're kind of like like trees, aren't they? Like you cut into them and they've got like rings. So yeah. You, you don't really. I suppose you don't don't peel them like an onion, but they are kind of. <laughs> well, you probably take off the very outer layer. Yeah, well, you could. Yeah, or at least just vigorously wash it. Vigorously. Speaking of food, I guess. Speaking of food. Yesterday, I'm already pretty hungry, so make make this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not, not going to like this. No. Yesterday, my <laughs> mum made real Scotch eggs. Ooh. And you, you, like you kind of forget after a while that like. Store-bought Scotch eggs are really shit. <laughs> yes, they're really shit. <laughs> but when you get a real one, it's... Well, I mean... I mean, technically, you could argue that a store-bought Scotch egg is, like, kind of more of a thing, whereas a real Scotch egg that someone's made is basically just an egg wrapped in a sausage. <laughs> it's not really <laughs> like... <laughs> it's got breadcrumbs and stuff. Not much, though. I mean... Not you... nearly as much as the store ones, anyway. I mean, I've mm. had some... Seriously nice Scotch eggs in my time, like restaurant yeah. Scotch eggs. So, restaurant yeah, so, ones. Usually God, the egg so, so, so like the... sort of detaches and becomes a bit smaller than the. Well, that's yeah. the, that's how you know that there's a bad one in a store where it, like you shake it and the egg wraps around on the inside. It's like but, yeah. there's clearly not enough meat because it's not that particularly happens, holding the egg. If that <laughs> I guess in a restaurant. Tricky. It's fine. Yeah, that's 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 important because I've had I've had um, the best Scotch egg I ever had was at um, this place that doesn't no longer exists at Berry. I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, they had um, uh, yeah, it was like a mush. It was it was a classic sausage cone, but it had a bit of mushroom in there as well, so it had a nice, nice sort of oh. proper rustic flavour to the sausage layer. But then the egg inside was soft boiled as well, so it was like a white egg, but with a runny. Oh, it was just it was just delicious. It sounds pretty good. But but that saying that that saying that said, I do still love. A store sauce, a store Scotch egg. Well, no matter how crap easier. it is, it's, <laughs> it's, like it's still delicious. Kind of so because you can buy them together. and eat it immediately, yeah. without having to go through any effort. Yeah, but you get those like, especially at Morrison's where they have their like their, I don't know what you call them, like bakery range or whatever that sort of delicatessen style stuff. And it's like those. Oh, they do, they do this Cumberland one. Oh, it's really good. Not good enough. It's, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> so did your mum make but you can all the sausage meat and, and like? you know, mould it round the egg or whatever. I mean, uh, yes, presumably. Then, <laughs> That's generally how you make oh, you a sausage. You didn't see how the sausage... No, I only saw the cooking it in a pan of oil part of the process. Ah, uh, okay. How big were they? Like, <laughs> like egg size? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly like how big a Scotch egg is. Yeah, but they're definitely bigger when you make them yourself, I reckon. Than, it depends than... how thick the layer of meat is, but you yeah. can't do it that thick because then you're interfering with cooking times, I guess. I suppose uh, you have to pre boil the egg, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, to, so it's at least can be wrapped. <laughs> well, yes. I guess anyway, that, just, that just makes me think, like, in the case of that one I had that was soft boiled, and it's like, they don't have to have been really careful, right? Because, like, well, or maybe the they have been, or did they like blowtorch the outside to give it a bit, or something to give it a bit of like integrity? Well, or you could just like, as you're making the sausage meat, just leave a hole and just pour the egg into it, and then seal it up, and then cook it, and then see if it cooks. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be like, 
egg shaped inside. It'd be just <laughs> like egg mush. I, well, yeah, I guess. Did you know for sure it was egg shaped? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was clear, clearly a soft boiled egg in there. Yeah, it's quite challenging to make, I suppose. But oh man, I'm so envious. Well, or in that case, they cook the like maybe mostly cook the outside and then like wedge the egg in for a hole and then sealed it up and then finished the cooking. Possibly <laughs> wedged it in. <laughs> Possibly. Oh, I'm so envious of your Scotch egg now. Yep. Two of them. Oh, I like. At least with like store bought crap eggs, you can at least cut them up and put them in a sandwich. Yeah, I was considering cutting one of them up and putting it in a sandwich, but I was like, actually, two actual real Scotch yeah, eggs yeah, is yeah. like don't that's just it. a whole meal. Don't, don't waste it on a sandwich. <laughs> and it's like so much fat, probably, because it's literally just been dipped in a giant pan of fat. Well, and all that oil is going to go straight into the breadcrumbs. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. It wasn't that many breadcrumbs, but that's good. Less stuff to distract from the sausage. <laughs> sure. But more of that raw sausage flavour. Hopefully not raw after a spin. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Not the right word when you're talking about cooking. No. <laughs> you don't want raw pork, anyway. Uh, what sort of word am I looking for? Oh, that sort of unfiltered sausage flavour? <laughs> Unadulterated sausage. That'll do, yeah. Max power sausage. Unadulterated. Full strength sausage. Doesn't necessarily... That's like... In food, maybe you want things adulterated sometimes because yeah, you're adding, like, flavourings. <laughs> yeah, like, unadulterated implies, like, literally nothing. Like, no yeah, salt or no, no pepper no, or anything. So, yeah. Like, yeah, you might you might want a little of adulteration. <laughs> yes, you want to adulterate it slightly. Yeah. Don't want also, more. what... I'm having one... I'm having one of these sort of grammar sessions. Yeah, I know. Like, okay, what, so, where does the word adulterated come from? It's like, how do you adult something? <laughs> like... Is that what it means? It's like, are, you like, are you like making it more sexy or something if you're adulterating something? Well, probably in this case. <laughs> is, that, is that what it's talking about? <laughs> You've got to add you're, that you're salt maturing. and pepper to make it a little sexier. Yeah. And, you're, you're, and whatever else you put in the sausage meat. Well, you make it literally more adult because children won't eat things that are all too fancy. <laughs> too adulterated. <laughs> My sausage is too adulterated. For the kids. <laughs> well, I mean that's true in any case. <laughs> so, guys, what's your technique for like? I need to learn how to like chop that onion into like what's it called? Dice, dice that thing. Right. Yeah. 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 So, step one, you need a bloody cut sharp it. knife. Yeah, I got that. Cut it in half. Step well, two. yeah, cut, cut it in half. Right. So, yeah, I do the thing where it's like. um so you can, from from top to bottom, you can, uh, without going all the way, you can put little slices in it. Yeah. That's... Uh, so, li but leaving a little bit of connective tissue at the top. At the top. Sort of yeah. do, do that first and then try and work your way up. But the, the there is a, I'm not 100% sure this is the best technique though, because as you get further up, obviously like the little, the bits that are flapping around <laughs> that aren't connected sort of get a bit wild. Yeah. Like, and, and they sort of get a little, so the last few cuts you're doing are way less good than the first few and it's mm. like so uh, maybe, maybe there's a way of keeping these in place because you know the inside of onions are a bit slippery so they don't stay in place but yeah i don't know i think past that point it's just like uh if my not if your knife was super sharp and maybe heavy you can just sort of i don't know mash it on the chopping board a little bit just one <laughs> <laughs> hope, and hope hope for the best <laughs> <laughs> so mash and hope for the best okay yep uh, okay good technique i suppose, I suppose we, you could um 
depending on the, how how well I suppose you know dice doesn't work like that. Like you you probably need one of those maybe those. Do you remember the ads for those like weird sort of like implements where you can just slide the onion up and down like a slicer, a bit like a cheese grater? You could just try a cheese grater and see what happens. I mean, that's fine, but the slicers end up being a bit thin. Yeah, what they called? They like grate it. Begins with an M, doesn't it? There's other sides of the cheese grater that you need to try. Your cheese grater probably not though, because your one doesn't have anything larger than regular size holes. No, you you had a slightly more fancy cheese grater that had some of the other hole options. You might be able to get away. Maybe yeah, if you had one of those what the old-fashioned square ones that has like a slicer on it, maybe. Like so, maybe if you've done your pre-cut like little grooves in it, you can then use a slicer. Maybe you'd have better luck, or. Is it Are they sort of mandolin certain... or something for cutting stuff really fine? Yeah, no, maybe not that fine. Mm. But uh, yeah, you don't want it if you're trying to dice it. It's probably a food processor that can dice rather than mush, right? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, maybe not a processor, but like some cutter. Get, get one of those dumb wire egg know. cutters where you just slap a bunch of wires across it and it cuts it, and then just do that in two directions. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd probably be quite hard to get through an onion though. That'd be an extremely sharp one, like a cheese wire, except more so. What's the um? Oh, I can't quite remember the name of it. But basically, what you what you need is to just create a grid of lightsabers, <laughs> and just have that pass over your pre <laughs> your 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 onion with your little 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 lanes already cut into it. I wonder if everyone anyone's done like laser cut. Because if laser you could laser, onions. yeah, you should be able to laser cut onions, right? I think the problem trouble. is that you just end up cooking a lot of stuff with the lasers. That's the thing. Yeah. Actually, cut. But maybe that's good. <laughs> you well, maybe that means you then don't need. Yeah, you don't need to then do a lot to it. It's like that's ready to go. <laughs> it probably cooks too much in too small an area when you're trying to laser cut a thing. Because you're effectively having to burn away the part that the laser's aimed at, which implies burning. <laughs> yeah, probably right. Could be an interesting new flavor experience. Both raw and burnt onions simultaneously. <laughs> Everyone wants laser food. That's clearly the future. <laughs> I mean, microwaves are pretty futuristic if you think about it, even though they're 50 years old. You know, laser cooking food. food with radio waves. It's pretty cool. I can cook a chicken from 50 yards away with my laser oven. Robco laser oven. Laser oven. <laughs> Do not point at humans. <laughs> that swine won't know why I hit it. But I do. My laser oven. So have we switched from kitchen bitching to like kitchen enthusing or something? Kitchen enthusing. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Only for a brief period of time. I mean, we... We've kind of we moved from enthusiasm to like neutral, where we were like, "What's the best way to do this?" So like now, maybe we can get back to bitching. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have a heartwarming your... story. Um, like, um, do you know Anand, guys? You know, yes. yeah. So Anand and um, uh, his girlfriend Manifa. So we just went. Uh, I went yesterday. I'd been to one before actually, but I went to one yesterday, like an engagement party for them because they got engaged. Oh, cool! And and someone asked, like, oh, uh, what's the, you know, how did they actually get engaged? And it started with, well, we were buying a kettle. Hey. <laughs> yeah, buying a kettle on Amazon, discussing all the features, you know, the standard kitchen bitching stuff. 
and then he hid the ring inside the kettle, you know, box. <laughs> so she's like, oh, look at all these features and stuff that come in the kettle. And what's this? Something extra in the in the box with the kettle. At least they didn't put, like, water um, in it and try, no. try to boil it up. But it's like, well, I'm sure the metal part of the ring would be fine. Well, but... like, where would you even put it? You'd have to put it, like, in the spout so it fell out immediately and was right. visible. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. You poured it into your coffee. Pink. And, uh, and everyone was like, oh, that's, and he was down on one knee and everything, and it all worked out. And that's great. And I was like, yes, but how good is the kettle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently is the it's kettle going to be a symbol for the engagement? Yeah. The, if it's a now, bad kettle, what have you done? <laughs> luckily, it's a good kettle. Now they have to keep it, of course. But they were saying, oh, it's got temperature control and everything, and you can select it, and it's quiet, and or, or, or everything seems to have gone well. So I was like, oh, sod your engagement. What model of kettle is this? <laughs> This, this this sounds like it must be investigated at length by uh, yeah. the the happy sad science team. Well, I asked what the make was, and then it was one I didn't recognise. So I have to, I'll have to get them to Expensonia. Yeah, to text me it. Anyway, kettle stories. Oh, the power of the kettle is not oh. to be underestimated. No, indeed. They must really like tea. <laughs> Apparently, Anna doesn't. Drink that much tea. <laughs> so, okay, kettle's not all that important. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's for coffee. I don't know. Anyway, is anyone for coffee? Anyway, ah, uh, cool. Kettles, kettles are power. <laughs> we got a, a film section this week. <laughs> well, hopefully not. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not. I could, I could. I could talk about a film, but I'm not sure I want to. I I, I got around to watching Hardcore Henry. All uh, right, with with Kippers, it's a hilariously bad film. <laughs> Sounds bad. Well, it, it's kind of those like, um, it, it's okay for those that don't know. Hardcore Henry is that film that was shot entirely in first person. It's oh, like a first no. person action film. Yeah, um, it's gonna make me and, Ill. Yeah, there's a little bit of queeze going on after a while. Um, but it's it, it's quite impressive, like what they've managed to manage to achieve in that in that respect. As in, it's quite it's quite good. It's not like a single cut. They do obviously cut at times and, okay. and, and things like that. So it's not like a single shot film or whatever. But it's still quite impressive. Some of the uh, action sequences they managed to pull off and things like that, um, and how you can still just about follow what's going on despite the camera angle. So it's kind of kind of neat. Um, but it's just like got some hilariously weird cheesy and intentionally bad sort of jokes whenever there's a plot it seems like it's just so over the top and so hammy that it's kind of great <laughs> in its own dumb sort of way it's like it kind of knows that it's stupid and i like that um but it is really stupid <laughs> so there's that cool um and, and gnome just would could just just couldn't get over the fact it's like so this is based on a video game right and it's like well no not really but technically no. but not really it's based on video games yeah in it's, general. it's i mean the, the, <laughs> the plot, concept the plot line ends up being quite a lot like a video game and like the scenes are basically levels <laughs> it's with a cutscene at the end almost and it's a uh, uh so you know there there is that takeaway but uh yeah it's not it's not like it's not there's no there's no gaming property called Hardcore Henry. Although it does sound like it could have run on a Spectrum or something. I think there might, have, might well have been a game called that. Hardcore Henry. That yeah. sounds like a game that might have been named <laughs> that. Jet Set Willy. 
Yeah, exactly. Very similar. <laughs> well, what's it? Was it Horace? Horace, the weird pair of trousers or something. Yes. Yeah. Old, old Specky goes. Horace, the weird pair of trousers. Yeah, well, that wasn't the name of the game, but he was basically just a pair of trousers, right? It's like a white. Like, do you remember Glover? Yeah. Like, just imagine like the two fingers of Glover walking along, but it didn't really have like a hand-like element to it. It just sort of the top half was just white and had two holes in it that were supposed to be like eyes, I guess. Really strange character, Horace. Uh, that's your film section. That's our film section. Now it's time for news. Uh, well, I did want to talk about one. Well, we could talk about Eurovision. For starters. Is there anything to talk about, really? Well, only that I'm going to dance you off. <laughs> and that I won the competition. You, you did win the little game, yeah. <laughs> the weird game. Dan, Dan managed to... Not, well, you got both exactly right, right? You managed to peg the winner and the loser. No, I didn't get the loser, I don't think. Fully. Oh, were you? Okay. I don't, but, you're, I think... but you were the lowest out of all of us. Yeah. The, I think for the loser category as well. Yeah, I think so. So, total domination. <laughs> domination. The chicken song one. That's all you need to know. The chicken song one. <laughs> yeah, but... so, so I'm hoping this is a victory for stupid songs in Eurovision so that the following years we'll just capitalise on the stupid factor and we'll be back to where it was right. in, when Ukraine were at their height. Yeah. Let's hope so. Is, more is, more is, quirkiness. This is a sign of things to come. Uh, uh, and then the only other thing I want to say about my uh, last two weeks is I... Uh, I went to a skanky old fun fair yesterday because Kips dragged me to it. Well, he didn't really drag me all that kick. Not presumably not the one that sets up on that field over there. Uh, <laughs> I think it might be the same one, but they're, <laughs> not, but they're not there anymore. Right. Yeah, they're, they're next to the football ground now. <laughs> um, uh, so expect all your skanky old favourites, like a waltzer and a, one of those centrifuge things and a... Uh, <laughs> I would, well, you know, other things like Twister, I suppose, and uh, that Super Bowl ride that seems to do the rounds, which is actually kind of cool. Um, and also, weirdly, the samurai from Fort Buck, otherwise known as a Top Scan, was there. And mm. it's like, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of cool. Like an actual sort of fairly decent tier ride here. But yeah, but Funfair's kind of, they're, they're so skanky. <laughs> they're just the level of skank. skank is just so high. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not even 100% sure even that it would have been acceptable like 10 years ago or like 20 years ago even. There's just a certain level of, there's a certain type of person that goes there as well. And you're just like spending their time, they're going, I'm not sure I want to associate with most of these people. With these uh, skanky people. Uh, I do want to talk about the ghost train in particular, though, because it might you be... You went on the ghost train. Why would you do that? Everyone knows that funfair ghost trains in particular are literally the worst thing ever. Oh, they are. It was... I mean, I've never, I don't really go on ghost trains in general, but they, but they wanted to go, and it's just, yeah, it might be the single worst thing I've ever been on, just because, <laughs> I'm well, for starters, like, okay, let's let's talk about the phrase "ghost train" here, shall we? Step number one: it's not really a train; it's like the cars move individually through this through this course. Well, because you don't want other people to get in the way of the experience, I guess. Yeah, so it's not, but it fails on that. So, oh, well, I suppose they could have called it a ghost house rather than a ghost train. I don't know. 
can't remember. And also, you need to like anything that's triggered needs to trigger for each individual car. You can't have too many in a row because then you'd see ahead of what was going. So about that, yeah, there is nothing to be triggered in this thing. <laughs> okay, good. And it's just like you're, you're like a car's <laughs> just going around a casual, like yeah, very casual little course, and there's just some dummies on the side of the track every now and then. It's like yeah, there's a there's a guy with a bandage on his head. Um, <laughs> there's a <laughs> There's a somewhat poor representation of Frankenstein, maybe. Um, there's something in the dark that I can't see at all. But then the only semblance of there being anything next to him was some highly fast blinking lights, so I can't make out what it is. And you do a little tour around this darkened area, and there's nothing else to it. It's just a dark area. And then you come out of the door, and that's the end. <laughs> it's just like, there was... There was the ghost part of this ghost house was considerably lacking. From the outside, it seems like there's going to be some sort of jump scare because you hear this loud bang at a couple of points. And it's like, no, no, that's just it controlling the car speed at a couple of points. And it's just an incredibly loud sort of like gate thing that it passes through at one point that goes, bang! And it's like, you maybe that was supposed to trigger something, but no, no. <laughs> it's the shittest thing ever, basically. Just, just the worst. <laughs> What a rip-off. I mean, the, the um, well, I mean, I mean at least at least this particular fun fair had a sort of um pay on the door strategy where it's like once you're in, go on whatever. Mm. So you're not like paying per ride. Like I feel pretty hard done by if I went on that thing where it's just like, yeah. There's no ride to this. Uh, but yeah, it's it got it got even funnier because apparently when Kips went Kip in Kips's car, apparently it um, stopped in the dark room and got stuck. I just broke. <laughs> the dude just walks in and goes, "Just gonna give you a push." <laughs> like, so scary, spooky, <laughs> spooky ghost. Ooh, I'm gonna make you move a little faster, faster than stationary. Ooh, yeah, just. Just the worst. I mean, I've done that now. <laughs> I, I can I can safely not go back for maybe another ten years. It'll be fine. It is making me want to go to a proper place like Thought Park, but <laughs> sound a bit proper. Anyway, fun fairs. Don't do them. Let's stay inside, play some games. <laughs> Duly noted. Or read news about games, yeah. apparently. Or listen to <laughs> news. I haven't quite managed to make a transition there. Or listen to news about games. Yep. There's still us talking about news about games. It's time for the news. You can spin the wheel, the centrifugal ride wheel of news. <laughs> <laughs> or centripetal, depending on your point of view. Ooh. Science. And the news is... There's news. Stuff is happening. Well, there's theoretical news, as is always the case when we're coming up to E3. Well, there's there's, there's some theoretical news and there's some more solid news. So, let's talk about some of the solid stuff. Let's get the the bummers out of the way, shall we? Um, Boss Key Productions are closing down, or have closed down. So... uh, for those not initiated, Boss Key Productions were was Cliff Blazinski's new studio, the the team behind Lawbreakers and the very recently sort of released extreme early access yeah. quote unquote uh, battle royale game Radical Heights, hmm. um, which 
despite getting a reasonably decent reception, you know, despite it being super early access and being like very clunky and having placeholder things and stuff like that, people are like, hey, this, they're onto something with this. But clearly they put it into extreme early access to see if they could get some buzz and see if they could keep the studio alive, it turns out. Mm, but yeah. uh, in, in, in Cliffy B's own words, too little, too late. Um, uh, yeah. And he, he, he seemed to, he's put like a nice post up about it. And so then, you know, I think the, the, the team is generally quite bummed out that Lawbreakers didn't do well because it's, mm. as I said, by all accounts, it, it was considered a, a, an okay game, you know, n- n- nothing particular. I mean, when I played it, I couldn't really find anything wrong with it. It's just that it entered the market at a really bad time, I suppose, with like, you know, just getting completely overshadowed by Overwatch. Mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, so bummer, bummer for Cliffy B. He says he's going to take some time out of the industry as he did last time. Yeah. Uh, but he did say like that he'll likely come back. Yeah, um, I expect so. He's got to make those Jazz Jack Rabbit sequels. Oh man, can you imagine if he did a proper Jazz 3? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought he owes that. No. No, Epic probably yeah, owns that. Probably. Yeah. He just has to make a yeah. u- ukulele style thing that's clearly the thing but isn't the thing <laughs> you know well i reckon i reckon if he wanted to make jazz 3 epic aren't gonna make a jazz 3 <laughs> are they? they'd probably just be like yeah sure, that we'll stop them holding on to the value of the license because um, that's what you do it's like atari and sure but i bet they, <laughs> I, I reckon he, he you know there's probably no hard feelings between him and epic uh, but like so i reckon you know epic would probably just let him make it and be like yeah we'll, we'll, we'll take our ip cut or whatever you go nuts you go make it Anyway, yeah, bit of yeah. a shame, yeah, but but somewhat inevitable, I suppose, because boy did Lawbreakers tank. Um, uh, other games closing down. Um, do you remember? It was a good couple of years ago now. I, I talked about a game that uh, a free to play um, shooter that looked kind of interesting, but I never really dug into called Loadout. Mm-hmm. Um, whose big thing was about, hey, that like the, the, the amount of customization you can do on your character and your guns and things like that is pretty extreme. And by all accounts, as I said, like the people that played it actually found that side of the game to be really quite deep, really quite well executed. Um, but uh, Loadout was unfortunately, again, one of those games that only just managed to keep the lights on. Like The amount of money coming in was pretty much as much as it needed to run the servers. And with the... Uh, according to to, to, the, to the studio, um, recent law changes such as GDPR basically have pushed the studio over the edge, mm. and they were like, "We just cannot make, we cannot afford to make to put the dev time in to actually change this." So, unfortunately, <laughs> we're having to turn everything off. Yeah, sad times. Which then also begs the question: It's like, what on earth were they doing that was like that <laughs> GDPR breaking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually it's just some legal changes and stuff, isn't it? And put out an email. Well, yeah, I guess I guess putting out a proper legal privacy policy and stuff like that can be tricky, shall yeah. we say? Um, but no, no, they were talking about like they're they're probably going to have to change the suppliers of some of their services and things like that. So maybe they maybe they host overseas or something like that that wasn't going to pan out for them. And, right. Yeah. Uh, so they just couldn't afford to make the changes. So uh, I've had to kill it. Uh, so that's the that's the uh, that's the sad stuff out of the way. Well, you missed one more. Was, was, there, not, was there another closure? I mean, it's not really a sad thing, but a bad thing. 
go for it when they revealed what the fuck's up with Black Ops 4. Mm. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going to put that in this in this category, but boy, yeah, Black Ops 4. What a um what a weird thing that's turned out to be. So this is this will be the first COD game without a campaign. In right. fucking Black Ops, which yeah. was the one campaign that people cared about. Yeah. Yeah, so but they, they didn't they, we mention they, this before as a rumor. Yeah, it was it was heavily rumored and I think mm. we mentioned it last last episode. Um yeah. So yeah, they they've confirmed that that's the case. Yep. And they're 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 three pillars. They're still going to have three pillars, which means it's like they, they need a they need a new third one. And their new third one is a battle royale mode. Of course it is. <laughs> Woo. Uh, of which they haven't decided decided like a lot of the key things. It sounds like like there's no no player count maximum defined or anything like that. They're like, yeah, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> and it's like we better figure it out fast. Um, <laughs> For some reason, that just made me think that, like, maybe you could make a game which has infinite maximum player count, where, like, each oh, instant just instances just butt up against each other, and you can run from one instance to the other, and you can just run through, like, infinite rooms with just random numbers of people fighting in. That'd be so funny. And, what, and you're rewarded just by how long you survive in the room. Like, if you if you win in one, in- well, if you manage to get to the end of one instance, you get a big bonus, but then you just have, you're forced to walk into the next yeah, in the middle maybe. of a fight. Constantly running into new people—that'd be so weird. That'd be ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's like battle. It's a it's a battle that never ends. Yeah, it's it's Planetscape is what they, what is what you what they've made there. Planetscape without objectives. Outside, outside. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's a bit weird. But yeah. That, so that's that has basically just completely switched me off from the game. It's like yeah. I, I as, as much as I've enjoyed myself some COD multiplayer like in in the past. Uh, with Black Ops Two being my being my favourite of the lot, um, without a campaign to back it up, I don't know. What, like I like playing through the campaign first. I like having that thing and then getting to the multiplayer. You know, mm. I've, I've liked that about all the Halo games as well. Like you, you go through the campaign and then you dig into the multiplayer. It's just mm. it feels right to me to go that way. And it's like, well, obviously, multiplayer games can live on their own. Yeah, but Black Ops has a bit of a history of having campaigns that people like. Like, I, I never played Black Ops Three. Uh, like, I played its multiplayer beta and thought it was a bit off, um, uh, and that did end up sort of putting me off the idea of getting it. And also, Black Ops Three's co-op um, direction was a bit odd to me. Didn't didn't and it didn't show well leading up to the game's release. But there are people out there that are that really love that game's crazy story. Like the the actual story of Black Ops Three's campaign is it sounds bonkers, sort of a classic sort of like hey should the drones have control and things like that. I think there's some AI questions in there, and they they went they went in some weird directions. Um, and to get rid of all that is is just a bit disappointing. Zombies mm. is coming back, so I, and I doubt they'll we well they, they might try and we, like depending on where they set the storyline for the zombies they might try and weave some of their black ops narrative into that but no the zombie storylines are separate though. yeah you can't weave anything into that it does sound like they're changing up zombies this year though and that it will be sort of a little more that it won't just be like what it was in the past and that there are perhaps smaller challenge chunks to do rather than the weird here here you go here's a map see if you can figure out its secrets and survive go um thing that it's done before so maybe that's an improvement from my perspective but just never never cared about the zombie side of those games at all just never got the ne- never really got my value from them really 
Um, just didn't no. enjoy them. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a bummer. It's a weird one. And yeah. they have talked about even even the multiplayer though. They it, like there it does sound like they're doing some interesting and weird things. Like regenerating health is gone. It what in the main multiplayer? In the main multiplayer, it's like you need to heal yourself, or you need a medic on your team. It's mm. like they're sort of going down the heal the hero shooter thing where there are classes, and those classes have roles, and it's very uncod. Yeah, very. Even though, like, when you actually see it in action, and they've shown a little bit of gameplay footage, it's like the movement and the shooting looks very COD. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It still looks like a like a like a Call of Duty game, but the the so it seems like some of the mechanics around the outside uh, are are changing. I mean, it's good that the multiplayer is getting a shake up, but, mm. but the, the, the sacrificing the single player campaign seems a shame. Yeah, for me, for me, it's a bit that's that's a massive bummer. But yeah, never mind. Well, um, probably the, um, next, to be honest, the next one after this will have a single player campaign. I think it sounds like they just run out of time or something. Yeah, given that I haven't played one for like the last two years. Hmm. Actually, has it been two years? Yeah, in, in Infinite Warfare and World War Two, uh, the two I haven't played, I don't think. And it's like, yeah, I'm not sure I'll miss it. I think I might be out of the loop, so it's fine. Hmm. Oh, well, COD 4. Cod blops for. Cod blops for. Not cod for. Cod for is the good one. Yeah, with the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're eventually going to make their logo too wide because they just keep adding more eyes <laughs> into it. And now it's four wide. It's just like, it's not looking fat. You, well, you know they're going to like if they're going to do a blops five, they'll just do the tally line across the middle. Yeah, but then what do you do after that? You start to get like to <laughs> go back to one. <laughs> Maybe they'll change the colour. Won't be black ops anymore. It'll be like <laughs> grey ops. Grey ops, yeah. Grops. <laughs> Cod grops. Cod grops. No, that's what they'll do. They'll just straight up call it. just call blops. it blops. Yeah. They'll just go full Dota. <laughs> oh, they'll, I reckon they might drop the Call of Duty bit as well. It's just like, well, are you playing blops? <laughs> playing blops on your bone. We're playing Blops Royale <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with cheese. All right, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, should we do a um, pivot to Xbox for a bit? Let's do um, it. They got a couple of a uh, couple of new things worth worth chatting about. Uh, uh, let's get one that that I'm particularly happy about: that uh, Burnout Revenge from the Xbox 360 is now backwards compatible. What? Hooray. Awesome! Yeah, That's good. Are they going to do? Well, I guess they. Yeah, I guess that's. <laughs> are they going to do free? Yeah, but are they going to do three? Because that wasn't yeah. on 360. That's the problem, isn't it? No, but it was on original yeah. Xbox. So if, they can now theoretically. Do yeah, they, they could. <laughs> oh they could. man, if they do three, <laughs> if they do Xbox. three and they give it the 4K <laughs> upres that they've put on the, the the One X versions, that would be amazing. We just need to re-release three. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, that was they my suspicion. Yeah, that was my suspicion that they might do that, right? That they might just like have it re-released Paradise. That they weren't in, they weren't going to re-release the earlier Burnouts because it's like, oh, we'll just, oh no, they wouldn't make that. Sorry, that they wouldn't allow the earlier Burnouts to be backwards compatible because maybe they would consider remastering them mm. off the back of whether Paradise did okay, uh, perhaps. Uh, but so it's nice that they just that this has happened. I guess I don't even know. If, like, could you run? Is the 360 version of Paradise on back compat as well? 
Mm, I don't know. Because that would be a strange juxtaposition, wouldn't it? If the two options are available to you. Um, so, yeah. Maybe there's hope for three yet. Maybe there's hope. I mean, Revenge is okay compared to... It's not as good as three, but it's oh, pretty similar. Re- very similar. Yeah, Revenge, Revenge was, a, was a lot of fun. Enjoyed that a lot in the early days of the 360. Uh, Xbox is getting a game gifting function. Uh, okay, it has some style. Yeah, so you can finally send to to other Xbox Live accounts. You can finally send games. There are some odd restrictions on it, though, um, in that uh, it's acceptable. There's an unlimited limit on the number of games you can gift if you've bought them at full price. But for discounted games, there's like a limit of you can only do like two every two weeks or something. Um or two within a two-week period, and even then, there seems like there's a hard cap if you can only do this ten times in total. Mm. Like, so don't buy discounted games for your friends, and it's like that—that that seems weird. Yeah, that Steam Sale is all about buying discounted games. For it's your about friends. getting, yeah, it's about getting getting your gifted, yeah, getting getting your gifts in prep. <laughs> okay, yeah, well. so it, it, that sounds a bit weird, but hey, they've got it, and no one, no other console has it, so. Mm. That's something. Unless you count Steam Box as a console, but you know. Unless you count handing someone a physical game, lol. Lol. <laughs> yeah, the old the old uh, <laughs> the old PS4 yep. little lad. That, that was quite cool. Uh so they've got that. Uh what else are they working on? There was uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, there's this thing. Halo's getting an arcade game. Uh Okay. I wouldn't be surprised what? if it already has one in Japan or something. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, maybe. Is it like one of the few like dedicated arcade builders around Raw Thrills uh, making a four-player uh, shooter experience where it'll, the cabinet is basically four big miniguns and you sit down to play it uh, and you fire right. the miniguns at various things on on the screen except it's sort of, sort of spread across two large monitors. What's so, the, so, the... so everyone has like a field of view in front of them that they have to deal with the enemies in front of them, and it's uh, but it's all playing out in one big scene, you know, gunblade style. Yeah, I guess, but just just wide wide gunblade. There was even a bit in the trailer they've shown where you're flying around in a pelican. So yeah, quite a lot like gunblade, I suppose. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's the thing. It's called Fireteam Raven. And I think it's set during the uh, uh, original Halo uh, story. Oh, really? On on the first ring? Yeah. So that's weird. There's probably quite a bit of potential for doing stories about around the pillar of oh, around just yeah. what was happening. Uh, yeah, maybe. Hmm. Like if, depending on whether you're, you know, like which squad you're in, or yeah, yeah, who knows. Uh, what else is going on? Rage Two has been officially announced. It was like teased a week ago or something like that, uh, something like that. But now Bethesda are all like, "Oh, I think Walmart leaked the trailer early or something on their website." Walmart leaked all kinds of bullshit on their website. Whether, <laughs> whether all of it was true or not, mm. there's different things. Like Borderlands Free, for example. Mm. <laughs> yes, that did happen. Um, but yeah, they they put the, the the whole trailer went up or something on Walmart's YouTube channel or something, and they. Uh, uh, Bethesda are like, okay, <laughs> and they've just lo- like released everything themselves. 
Um, Rage two. Who'd have? I mean, I think who'd we, have thought? I think we literally said that, did we? Yeah, like, I mean, even before the last rumors. I mean, in, we ter- like... in terms of what IPs Bethesda has and what they were perhaps going to announce this oh, year, yeah, and and the we, gap. We and Rob were talking about E3. Yeah, that's what it was. We were talking about what we might expect from the various publishers, and Bethesda was throwing us a bit of a loop because it's like, what? Okay, they've done Doom, they've done Wolfenstein. It's mm. like unless they're going to do another. Elder Scrolls, which they probably are as well. Yeah, <laughs> we'll like Evil that, Within. Yeah. Evil Within just came out as well. You know, it's like may- maybe we're at the point where they can start teasing the next Doom because it's you know 2018 Doom was 2016, something like that. Maybe we're at that point. Um, but you know, we we're just saying, well, what else do they have that they might talk about? And it's like, well, Rage, <laughs> maybe. Um, so uh, what? It looks very colourful now. <laughs> it looks right. like they're going down the sort of somewhat like the, they've taken a uh, a little bit of a a look at Wolfenstein and being like, hey, people like the crazy big action stuff, like like over the top nonsense. Um, so it aren't making it is the is the interesting part of this. They've brought yeah. in Avalanche Studios, who are the Just Cause guys, to do it. Oh, okay. So maybe making Just Cause four. <laughs> yeah, probably they should. But with the it tech, I presume. Uh, one assumes, but yeah, who knows? Uh, well, you know, you'd think they'd be using a Bethesda engine of some kind, but mm. no guarantees, I guess. Um, but yeah, they, they they brought them in, so they 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 know what they're doing in terms of large scale madness. So, and they let's not forget they've previously worked on Mad Max, right? Was their was their last output, and the, you know this is quite similar, but but more mental, I guess. Like a cross so, between Mad Max and I don't know Borderlands. Well, Mad Max and Just Cause, you know, just, just take those cool, two yeah. things, mash them together. You've got Rage. So, I don't know. This this might end up being all right. Yeah, could could be. It's not like Rage was bad or anything. No, no, Rage was... I mean, Rage has its flaws, but the uh, the, the, the sort of technology behind it, uh, behind its its version of id Tech and the the, uh, uh, the actual shooting was sort of fine. It's just sort of weirdly... The, yeah, mega textures. <laughs> it's just sort of weirdly the world itself and the story building around it just ended up falling quite flat. You know, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. You were just there, and the layout of the world wasn't very open. It was quite linear and quite annoying to get around, and the the car combat stuff didn't feel quite as done, quite as well done as you would have wanted. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was one of those things where it's like, it's like oh, this is a nice direction. It's an interesting direction you've taken it in. Some good stuff here. You just needed to really double down on it. You know, be a bit more confident. And this looks like that. <laughs> like take taking that attitude and just go, let's go. So okay. phase two, phase let's two, go. interesting. Let hey ho, let's go. Uh, should we talk ninty? Conveniently, we can say let's go Pokemon <laughs> because that's the name of that game, apparently. Whatever that is. Well, it's what? a new Pokemon on the Switch, supposedly, is called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu slash Eevee. It may well be a kind of a remake of Yellow, and apparently, it may also integrate with Pokemon Go. Well, that, that would, I mean, I'd be more, I'd be thinking it would be more like Pokemon Go in some ways, surely, because well, it's, I mean, it's it, in the name. Yeah. It won't be much like Yellow, probably. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know. There's something about that name that makes me think it can't be a mainline Pokemon game. Well, right? yeah, that it has is to the, be a spin-off. That is the thing that like 
is slightly confusing, but the leaks around it have definitely been saying that this is the main Pokemon game that the Pokemon company is making, and that was what they were talking about all along. Yeah. And also, if you, for example, go to the hiring page of the Pokemon company, they're now hiring for working on this project, has a giant P- Pikachu and Eevee at the top of the page. It's like, oh, well, yep, that kind so, of lines up with the name of the game. So is the assumption that Pikachu and Eevee are like the red and blue yeah, versions. I guess. Or, well, it, because it's based on off of yellow, you'll either have, presumably have a Pikachu or an Eevee following you around. <laughs> Wait, so so how did the Eevee following you around? Well, oh, okay, because you only had Pikachu following you around yeah, in yellow, yeah. right? Okay, I'm just trying to work out where the Eevee connection has come from. I guess they just needed another Pokemon that was just one of the original 151 that was, like, a convenient, nice Pokemon to start with. Well, who else does is Ash... <laughs> Close to well, he's like, that's the other thing that was that it wouldn't be Ash this. with the EV. Well, it would it wouldn't be red and blue. There'll be characters in the game. It'll be like a side story to the original story, I guess, or something right. along those lines. So you're, I mean, red and blue have already appeared in like the last Sun and Moon, <laughs> the last Pokemon. Oh, did they? Interesting. They made their cameo as uh, they tend to do in. I mean, it's not like red hasn't been in practically all of them. <laughs> There's the last boss where you go and find him, and, he's, uh, and sure. then he doesn't say anything, of course, because protagonist. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite funny. So yeah, there's that. But the Pokemon Go integration is the bit that's like that's worrying, I guess, for me, because I don't have a phone that can run Pokemon Go. <laughs> so, so if it has any kind of actual integration, I won't be able to do it. Yeah, and also, how is that going to work? Um, my I mean, we'll come to this in a moment, but my 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 knee jerk fear is: oh, they're tying this to Nintendo Online, aren't they? Well, everything's going to be. I mean, I know, like you know, the Pokemon Online stuff will obviously be tied to Nintendo oh, yeah. Online, blah 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 blah. And they already but... did that with like when they had all those specific things you had to download on the 3DS, like the Pokemon yeah, yeah, yeah. Trader device thing. Or that was it getting getting an account to get the extra storage space or whatever? Well, yeah, that's that. You yeah, to, you had to pay to download that app to access the transfer. Right. Yeah. There's no subscription or something yeah, for that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I guess this is them perhaps coming up with new ways of onlineifying Pokemon. But it would make more sense if it's just when they say like it's got Pokemon Go integration, if it's in like a same the same way as you might have Amiibos, where it's just a, a extra thing you can do to add more stuff to the to access more stuff in the game like instead of getting a Pikachu Amiibo and hitting it on there you just link your phones with Pikachu into the real game or something mm. <laughs> I mean I'm wondering if they could if they've come up with a clever way of using the NFC reader right that like you know a lot of modern phones have NFC built into them for like Google Pay and stuff like that mm. um, well the other rumour is that there's also going to be some kind of Accessory, some kind of additional device, like how the Pokemon Go had their uh, clip watch thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows what the fuck that? So you know that rumor happened, and then everyone was like, "What the fuck are you doing? This is yeah. not. You said it was a mainline Pokemon game, and this is really stretching the definition of a mainline Pokemon game. It's a remake of a mainline Pokemon game that may not be in the style of the original game." Hmm. <laughs> Well, it's a. Uh, but I mean, on the other hand, if they, if the, if this is their, like, they're going to take the opportunity to actually change shit about Pokemon, that's probably good. 
like they did with Zelda and whatnot. <laughs> just like sure. actually have an opportunity to just start over and make a new set of systems, yeah. maybe. Have a have a dramatic departure. I mean, <laughs> take taking the word remake in the same way that Final Fantasy VII has taken the word remake, mm. right? Um but even then, like it sounds like well, Pikachu maybe not, but like a, the the Eevee bit could at least be a fairly what if they did that, like, uh, and have the stories be quite wildly different between the versions, like in a sort of fire emblem? Well, yeah, but, they yeah. did that, didn't they? I'm not sure that worked entirely well. So the so the Pikachu story is the yellow story, but you know, made nice, whereas the Eevee storyline is something quite different. But then people would want to play the Eevee version, right? Yeah, people would want to play both, <laughs> yeah. just like Fire Emblem, and then you get the third one, which is DLC for some reason. Not yeah. Fire Emblem, <laughs> Blastoise. Pokemon Blastoise. Not, not, not appropriate choice. Pokemon Anon. Pokemon Anon. I don't think there's any other <laughs> logical stance of Pokemon in the original 151. Oh yeah, Anon was gold, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, uh, but if they if they really called it Pokemon Anon, it's like genius. Pokemon Anon. It's like the ne- Necro One become. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does anyone? I haven't really seen or heard much about that Pikachu detective game. What, like, <laughs> no, it happened. And then everyone Has it, was it like, happened? No, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, we're done with that joke now. Ah, because I didn't really see a review or anything. Like, I, I don't know, it just totally flew under my radar. Like, There was a giant amiibo, and that was the main thing. Yeah. It's all anyone cares about is amiibos. With a hat. Yeah, the Deerstalker and the Brooklyn yeah. accent for some reason. <laughs> And then, I love coffee. To go with the Pokemon leak, there was a bunch of other leaks of stuff that we might see at E3, which is basically a bunch of names of games, some that we already knew, but some which are new. Yeah, some some are strange. So, come on, Zach, hit me. So the ones that we knew, apparently Metroid Prime Renegades is the name, presumably, of four now, unless they're making another sub-spin-off before they're done before. Right, yeah, another one of these, like... Like, like Federation Force. Yeah, Federation Force. So maybe don't want that. No. But if this is just what Metro Prime 4 is called now, that's probably fine. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's also <laughs> the Will This Survive localization into England, Yoshi's Flippin' Island. Because that's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Someone really didn't think that for him. Sweet. Oh, that's that's so good. <laughs> Yoshi's Flippin' Island. Flippin' <laughs> Island. <laughs> I so, hope that stays. That's so good. Yep. Perhaps that they'll they'll. Is it flip in as well? No, it's not with an apostrophe. It's properly spelled out. Apparently, flipping island. Flipping island. Flipping neck. It's not even like it's. It's not even like it is an island though, because it's all like it's clearly in a house. It's like papercraft in a world. Because you turn it around, and you see the back of all the stuff, and it's like oh, you can see the room. It's just like, that's not, it's not an island. <laughs> oh, someone making an island. They could be making the island, yeah. I guess. And then there's some kind of Fire Emblem game called Fire Emblem Memories, which, you know, I mean, that's just probably just a Fire Emblem game. There's so many Fire Emblem games. Not much to say about that. Mm. There's Punch-Out! Become the Champion. It's presumably a Punch-Out! game. Cool. <laughs> like that. There's the mysterious Star Fox Lilac system. Yeah. Which is just like, okay, what the fuck are they doing now? So there's a, there's a, well, that's not the only Star Fox no. thing, is it? So yeah, Star Fox, God, Star Fox Lilac system has got me thinking it's going to be like uh, them revisiting the Star Fox Two Star Fox Armada, um, 
thing where where it's going to be like that little bit of strategy element Mm. that little bit and perhaps a bit fairly lightweight game do we know what it's on because we don't know what it's on it's just a name it's like could it be another ds game could Mm. it be another could it be a switch game um don't know but that's that was my immediate thought is that they they might go that alternatively it could just be the name of a star fox kart racer (laughs) yeah apparently but but that's supposedly called star fox grand prix well that would make way more sense the hell Yeah, it doesn't make sense though. That's dumb. Star Fox so, and Grand Prix don't belong in the same. So there is, sentence. but then, but then, so there are, there is, there is some things to latch onto here and possibly get excited. And this is due to the history of F Zero. Well, yeah, but like, that's the last thing, F Zero SX. Oh wait, what? <laughs> that's the wait, last, what? Last rumored name. Oh my word, I did not hear that. So technically. If they say Star Fox Grand Prix, that could still be within F Zero. Maybe, yeah. You know, James and all that exactly, stuff. yeah. So yeah, it's F Zero has always had a sort of weird link with Star Fox because, through James McLeod for some reason, and yeah. it's, uh, and it's uh, you know Star Fox GP. I thought was like, oh, maybe they just maybe they thought the F Zero universe wasn't all that. Maybe they'll just join them together, even worth, though that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it makes even less sense than the mysterious James McLeod of F Zero, yeah. who's not actually related to Star Fox in any way. He just looks like it. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, some of the backstory in one of the games was like he went for a portal yeah, at sure. some point. Oh, the universes. Yeah. But man, those those two are weird. If it's oh man. They, the fact they've called it SX. Oh, that's yeah, good. that's a good that's name. Like a full on, right? Because it's Switch X, and then <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the, in the same way that GX, GX, yeah, Arcade X, and now, and, GameCube and GameCube X, X, and now Switch X. It's like, oh man, oh, man. If, 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 oh but the, I guess the immediate problem is obviously Amusement Vision yeah, don't aren't, aren't awesome. a thing anymore. No, so 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 who's who's making it? Who's making it? Well. Oh, so the the thing about that Star Fox Grand Prix, right? The, the rumor flying around that is that supposedly Retro Studios are making that. Yeah, like you know the Donkey Kong guys, <laughs> or, or the, the Metroid original, Prime guys, the original yeah. Metroid Prime guys. Yeah, and uh, so that's odd. Maybe it's Kirby's Air Ride. They've just put it in Star Fox. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would probably make sense. But isn't it weird that they're working on multiple racing games at once? Though is that is that, well, is that yes, odd? That is also odd. Unless they're on different systems, unless one of these two is a 3DS thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. What if Star Fox Grand Prix is DS or something, and F Zero Switch X? Yeah. Is. Yeah. Oh, what a weird, weird set of leaks. Mm. That's exciting. And you know, all of it seems like it's probably true. <laughs> that's the trouble. Yep. Well, that's. Good for sure. Like that, it... that direct is going to be bananas. They've because they've also said um, that there is some quote unquote shocking Splatoon two news coming. Yeah, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. It's like they've already announced the goddamn DLC. The Octo DLC. Yeah. So, so what, are they, what are they what are they talking about now? Because the trouble with Nintendo is they have a tendency to use adjectives like shocking to not mean like actually <laughs> shocking just to like reference electricity in some way yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. something that Nintendo tends to do yes so all that stuff is is highly exciting what's not exciting in any way shape or form is Nintendo's online details which they've talked a lot more about I don't know if it's I mean it's not exciting but it's not like 
it's not like it's not entirely unexpected. Let's yeah, put it that way. Or necessarily bad. So uh, they've now said that the launch date for that stuff is September. At which point, uh, online play in games like Arms, Mario Kart, and most importantly, Splatoon Two, will will become part of the you know behind the paywall. Um, they have announced what it could be said as a relatively generous pricing structure, in that the, you know if you buy the annual pass, it's like it's way better deal than if you go monthly, like like considerably better. So might as well get that annual pass, yo. Um, but you know where things sort of start to fall down is like it's like you're, okay you're you're paying you know the the the, the uh, you're paying for this online service that clearly doesn't offer as many tools as Xbox and PlayStation so you've got a lower cost for that but it's like does it still really justify that cost and I'm still on I'm still on the side of saying no not really because like you get access to the app which is garbage as part of this um, subscription as well. Um, you get uh, and also a sort of uh, rolling rental, I guess, of a NES classic library, and they basically sort of, they've sort of alluded to the fact that Virtual Console isn't coming to Switch ever; that they're not going to go down that road again, um, and that this this these sort of this rolling library is that is the permanent replacement for it. You can and say it's... that Virtual Console is coming to Switch, but that doesn't stop Neo Geo releasing all their shit on Switch, no, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> but not as the Virtual Console, I guess, but, you know, as, as those weird remakes. Um, not remakes, but, yeah, repackagings. Yeah, so I don't know. There's, not, there's just nothing to get excited about. It's it's not... It, all it is is... is um, it, it, it's a disadvantage, basically. They're saying, like, hey, you, you've enjoyed your Switch so far. You want to keep enjoying it? Give us money. And it's like, but I've already got this thing. And I've been enjoying it in this way. Yes, but there was never... The, they've, the, the problem with this is they screwed up in not having this ready for launch. <laughs> if yeah. it had already been in there from the start, you wouldn't have even cared. That would be it. <laughs> I, know, I would have cared a little bit. Because at least if I, like, on Gold and on PS Plus... It gives you stuff. They are right, giving you, get... you stuff. They're giving you cloud saves <laughs> for well, a start. Okay, yeah, I forgot about cloud saves. I guess that's that is kind of important um, for you know those that break their switch. Um, but I don't know. Like with, with gold, you're getting like four games a month out of it. Like, admittedly, that selection is kind of ropey. So maybe you're only getting one game you want to play each month, but you're getting something out of it. And plus has been. A hell of a bargain, really, if you consider the fact that it's had PSP, Vita, PS3, and PS4 stuff as part of its offering. Even though that's you know changing and it's only going to be PS4 from now on. They don't have any free shit to give you yet. It'll be like how how gold was right at the start, where they were because Microsoft just needed you to like it that much. They were giving you practically new games, but only because they that was basically all they had to give you. (laughs) To a point, yeah. I mean, you know. Totally wrong on that, but they, they of course, the game, games of gold thing was introduced fairly late in the. Then that well, there is games. that, yeah, and give you like total access to it. That would be fantastic, but um, yeah, but they're not going to do that. If if it was like a Game Pass for Nintendo, then then great, that'd be amazing. Be all in on that, but it won't be. Um, 
Oh, and, and you know, to correct to catch you a little bit there, Games of Gold came in in the 360 era towards the end of the 360 lifestyle, so they had quite a lot of stuff to do. But obviously, when Bone launched, yeah, for to... the 360 version, though, that was like that was why it seemed really sparse when you went onto the new console. It was like, there's nothing here, we, we just have to give you new games. Yeah, well, give it, yeah, but they've got plenty of like indie titles that perhaps they could sign up, and you know. Some of the big hitters like Rocket League and things like that have just straight up come out on PS Plus day one. It's like here, get Rocket League, and like that, you can only you can only say that that must have contributed to how big Rocket League became so fast. I don't know. I think that that it, it it's very much missing something to me. It feels like a step backward. But maybe they'll get there. Maybe. Uh, um, what else have I got? The only other thing I've got on my list is Valve's Sexy Crisis. Sexy Crisis. Honey Pop. Yeah. And various other um, adult content visual novels, shall we say, uh, being hit by, hey, we by Valve basically saying, we don't like this. We're going to take it off the service unless you change this. And it's about time that someone looked at their store at all. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but then but then a lot of devs are kicking up a fuss because it's like, hey, we're not actually in breach of your terms of service here. Yes, it's like they, should, they looked, but they looked slightly at the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> they should have looked like a square to the left and seen some other bullshit mm. and then gone hey, after yeah. that instead. Yes. Yeah, the... the Whatever your opinions on adult content in games and things like that, this does seem very specifically targeted at those sorts of visual novel-like games that might have a uh, a sexual undercurrent to them, uh, however obvious or not they are. Because it's it's you know there are there are things about um, Steam's terms of service that means you can't do all that much sex stuff in their games. But then you've got Things like The Witcher and Mass Effect still on Steam. Is Mass Effect still on Steam or did that D-list? I don't know. Which have, you know, got sex stuff in them. Yeah, and it's, not exactly. <laughs> and, you know, boobs on show. And, and, think, and I'm pretty sure DMC, you know, has a bit where it's quite... Well, heavily implied that you know the yeah, the, yeah, the, de- the demon boss is shagging his lady, and it's you know it's as in you couldn't really you couldn't really interpret it any other way <laughs> that that's happening right there. Um, it's admittedly you don't see any see anything. There's no like there's no there's no penis on display. There's no actual anything you see. But you know there's some thrusting going on there, and it's a uh, that's fine apparently, or they haven't got to that yet. It's like it's just. It's just not clear what they're trying to achieve. Like, if they wanted to go after the visual novel thing to be like, oh, God, we've got way too many of these. We need to sort that out. Why not categorize it instead? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It just just seems so misguided. And and it's somewhat unfair on those that they're targeting, just the way they're doing it. It's... Sounds like they came back to the honeypot guys and said, oh, that was a mistake. Sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're, they're just going, uh, um, well, we, this was the plan, but... Slightly backtracking. But it is, as Zach says, it's probably good to have a look. Mm. <laughs> Vaguely at some of the stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, well, yeah, as I said when I talked about uh, Nico Para, the uh, 
cat girl game. There's um, yeah, there's some undercurrents there that that that, that I'm I'm not sure I'm comfortable with and things like that. And perhaps that should be somewhat more. That's not something you can regulate. Like I know. inferred stuff I know. is not something that's actually anything. This is well, this is where the problem starts. But then, like part of the problem with those visual novels is they're uh, relatively easy to bat to patch to make into something far worse. <laughs> also, not seems problem. Like, but isn't it? It's like it's that's it's such a massive. If if the patch is official, but just not sold on Steam, then what for Who patching cares? a Steam game? It's like it's it, that's weird territory. Not really. Why, why not? Because surely they're it's somewhat they're potentially in breach of a terms of service agreement if the developer themselves is selling something to make the game break those terms. It's like it's it it's, it's it is odd. And I'm sure they will have lawyers on hand trying to fight that. Um, I mean, you might as well just go after fucking all the nude ones for Skyrim at that point. And then who, like, that's essentially the same thing. It's yes, not, but, but not the, the official but, company, but no. But that's, that is the key difference to me. It's like Bethesda aren't endorsing any of that stuff. They're not. They're not. You know, they're not. They're not going out and say, "Hey, you want you want you, you want your twisted sex dungeons in Skyrim? Sure, we've put that on our store." <laughs> well, it's, they kind of always have. Almost. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, however you look at it, it's a bit of a mess. Um, which is pretty much the one thing you can say about Steam at all times as news. <laughs> it's just like it's a bit of a mess. And that's it for news. That's the end of the news. Something. Don't think so. I think it's time for what you've been playing. Uh, what have you been playing, Zach? What have you been playing? Well, um, <laughs> here's the classic transition from news into games. The end of the season of Rocket League is coming. This oh. is news for Rob. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> so, so if you want to get your whatever rank rewards, if you haven't done it yet, I mean, now's the time. I mean, I've got... I've Which got, means I've... I'm going to be real pissed off because I'm not going to get the champion rewards because I'm... I helpfully sine curved my way back down into like Diamond One, but then got stuck in the mire of bad teammates, and I haven't managed mm. to get back up again. So I'm like, I'm like my since since basically the week since the end of the last season, I've been at like six out of ten wins in champion right, to right. get the reward, and I'm like, God damn it, so close! <laughs> I nearly did it. I've uh, I I didn't hit Diamond, so. Uh, like um, I've never got any progress towards that. I still feel like we could have done. Yeah, I think we got we got real close. Like platinum three. Yeah. The doubles. The is, what about Rick? What about Kimmers? No. Has we're... he played enough to get his rewards this time? After oh, last I'd... time, where it turned out he hadn't. I think we must have this time. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's coming, and. Some other stuff is happening around. Isn't that, it's, yeah. I think it's one of the more. Isn't there some weird stuff happening? Like, isn't it like heavily rumored at the moment that Rocket League is going to go free to play, like pretty soon? Because they're starting to offer things like, like the Rocket Pass has become that, like the, the sort of been leaked, whatever that is. Mm, and it's yeah, I don't know about that. Make it sound like it's a battle pass or something like that, like Fortnite. And it's... Yeah, they're doing some other. I think this is this next patch with the season is meant to be a major patch. I think they said there's another level. Ooh, always nice. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully. Um, 
Yeah, I don't remember what else they said about it. I remember that they said, oh, they said, the main thing that was in the blog post that I read was like, you don't just get one reward this season, you get two rewards. Because uh, one of them is a banner, so who the fuck cares about that? Right, yeah. <laughs> So here's the actual reward. I see. But the reward, it's different though, because the banner rewards are specific to the tiers. So like, it's the champion banner and the diamond banner and whatever. Right. Whereas the other reward, which I think was, is goal explosions, Ooh, nice. are, are like not tiered in the same way they're like i can't remember what it's based on but there's only like three tiers right and it like it's some kind of ramp up instead of just being straight separate tiers like the ranks are Mm. i don't know but yeah gold explosions so all right that's cool get something fancy at least not just a banner (laughs) because lord knows i ain't got anything out of those loot boxes Mm, yep and yeah, they still haven't said anything else about the supposed change to drop rates for decryptors or whatever. Hmm. I think actually they did mention something about drop rates in that post. I don't remember what it was. Oh, no way. It was they're finally, this might not be this next patch. It might be one of the next ones after that. They're going to uncap the XP so you can level up infinitely. Oh, okay. And that will be what causes your drops instead of just it being a random thing over time. Oh, interesting. So it'll be the map. So they're effectively uncapping how much stuff you could get just because you could just keep playing. Yeah, because you could just play more. So it's not... Well, I mean, presumably it will be balanced to be approximately the same amount of time to level up as it would take to get that number of drops just from waiting. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And also, apparently, that when they uncap the XP limit, it's going to retroactively count all the XP you would have got. So if you're already, like I am, at level 75, you'll just suddenly go up a whole bunch of levels for all the time you put in after 75. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know if that will give you a whole shit ton of stuff. Probably not, but... (laughs) You need 75, bloody hell. As far as it goes. I've been 75 for ages. (laughs) Jeez. So there's that. Stuff changing in Rocket League, possibly for the better. Or at least making it feel better in some way probably won't actually change anything like in how things happen but it might be nicer just to be like oh, i leveled up and got something right yeah <laughs> not just i finished this match and something appeared something random happened do they are they gonna make it so the ranks actually display properly so i can see what the hell's going on that would be nice to yeah. get that fixed the scoreboard bugs and the boost bug the boost oh yeah that, bug. they need to solve that one that's a pain where it just keeps the boost stuck on. Yeah. The, well, the boost effect. Yeah. I, I, it very rarely, like... Well, it's rarer to not... It happens all the time in replays and less all the time in the actual start of the kickoff. Yeah. And I, like, I've only had it happen to me, like, twice, where it's actually been on my car, the boost is stuck on, even though I'm not boosting. I've, yeah, okay, well, I've, I don't think I've had it when it's been me, the player, you know, where it's done it to my player character. Yeah. I've had it, so I've, so I've seen your character do it. Yeah, the so, other yeah, people on yeah, your team. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully they'll fix some bugs in this next patch as well. Good, good. It'll be good. What was that? Uh, I played... A bunch more Factorio again, I guess. Now that we're apparently taking a break from Starbound, <laughs> so I've gone back. To <laughs> Didn't fa- take long. I've gone back to Factorio by myself again to continue my C block antics, <laughs> which is going okay. I guess I'm in the midst of the third rebuild again, which means I've nearly caught back up to where I was in the previous version of C block. I guess, <laughs> but this time with a better plan. 
where I'm building things in nice singular squares that can be easily replicated and just copied and pasted. And if I need more, I can just duplicate it without having to worry about how it links into everything else. Nice. Less of a tangled web, <laughs> more of nice individual chunks. You prefactor. Yep, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's basically refactoring. So there's that. Uh, and then I guess I played quite a lot more of Zelda because I finally got, got, got finally finished Master Mode, I guess, sort of, except I haven't actually gone to do the last boss because I've still got the DLC to do. Right. So you've done everything apart from the castle. Yes, basically. everything apart from the new stuff and the castle. Right. So yeah. Um, Croaky. And I, I went to, I did my experiment with the what, what, how can we fuck with the Yiga clan to see if I can avoid doing this? Yeah, so I watched, you, I watched you look, look around to do some of this. Yeah. Just... So it turns out, so I went, first thing I did is I went there before I'd even been to the Grudo town, so I didn't have any of the related missions or anything. Yeah. And that just turns out there's just, the, like, the front door is blocked and the back door is just a door that you can't open. It just yeah. lo- looks like a flat pl- piece of rock. But the thing that I knew about that is you know that piece of rock at the back door is a magnesis thing on yeah, where, when on you're inside. Side. You can magnesis it and you open it and that leads you into that arena. So I was like, okay, so we we know that theoretically this is a door. It's not like the front where it's clearly just like and I've, it's just, they've just shoved a rock texture in there to cover up the thing mm-hmm. that will be a door eventually. Right. <laughs> so then I, then I, well, but I spent like, quite a long time just basically trying every bullshit speedrunner technique I could think of to try and get through the door. <laughs> so I was like checking all the seams to see if you could see the magnesis point through like an edge somewhere that the polygons didn't line up or mm. something. And then like trying to bomb myself backwards through it or like use because the bombs are like one of the few things that are actually physical in the world. See mm. if I could like shove myself through the door by standing on a bomb in a precise way or something. Right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yep, yeah, they seem to have tested this quite well because <laughs> I can't get through it at all. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I didn't try, which is after I thought about it too late, was like I was thinking you could maybe go up into the snowy mountains. I wonder if you could get a snowball and use that to hit the door because you do that in some of the other places, like use snowballs to activate physics. Mm, but they melt. Like, maybe though, you could they? roll a snowball into it, or like use stasis and then propel the snowball against it if it would, if it is physics operable theoretically. Mm. But I didn't get to try that. How would you get a snowball there? Well, the snow starts right at the end of that canyon. Like, after you go out of the back of the arena, you go straight into the snow. Right, mm. so you'd have to... That's a long way to take a ball, isn't it? To I that don't point? think it is. I think... Okay. In fact, I'm, I'm, there might even be snowballs that spawn in that canyon. <laughs> Interesting. The question would be, if once you got it to the arena, whether it would melt, because then you'd be going out of the snow area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they start to do that melty, sort of slow shrink. Yeah. So I didn't get to try that. Then I... So then... I was like, okay, now test number two is to find out what happens with the rubber armor versus the divine beast. All right, yeah. Before you trigger the actual sequence, so I went and did that. Turns out that that lightning just doesn't isn't actually really lightning. Right. It just does damage. Right. I'm not, and I also didn't. I don't think that lightning even actually like um, makes you drop your weapons, even without the rubber armor. All right. Well. That- because when you're in that sequence, that would be a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's, that, that sounds fair. <laughs> so it's not really real lightning, is yeah. the answer to that. You can tank it, because it only does like seven hearts of damage. So theoretically, you could... I didn't try shooting the feet before the sequence, like tanking the lightning bolts and just trying to trigger it. 
but the thing is its feet like kind of sink into the ground when it's just walking around normally mm. so i think that's the like they're trying to prevent you from being able to do it except right. not always like sometimes you can and if they when they're moving maybe you could catch it on the art so i did that and uh, then i was like okay so let's fucking go and do the goddamn you guy outfit i guess <laughs> So I, then I tried, after I initiated the Yiga hideout thing, I tried going to the back door just to see if that would trigger anything. <laughs> so if you could skip it by just knowing where to go, and that doesn't work. Yeah, they do make you go through it. Yeah, they do make you go through the whole thing. Then I, helpfully, I guess for master mode, I helpfully discovered an even better technique to avoid having to do the stealth. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. previously I said about how you just shoot people in the face with a multi-arrow bow real quickly and if you do it quickly enough arrows, right? electro arrows so they stun if you do it quickly enough that's sufficient turns out there's a better way to do that because you can just stasis them and then shoot them and then all the damage happens at once so you could actually oh, nice. you could actually not even trigger their alert status because they never see you because you stasis them before you're in visual mm. view then just shoot them and then just run away before it unstatuses them so they just die immediately and it doesn't Trigger any kind of alarm state at all. So the stasis is actually long enough on them to, to do pull several off. arrows shots, yeah, huh. with like a five bow or whatever, hmm. and the electro arrows, and then the, the damage just stacks up. I mean, are, you, are you like standing right in their face at this point? So you can sort of the arrows you don't are have to all, be all that close, but yeah, fairly close. <laughs> like, yeah. like a shot bow. And I didn't really know that that was how stasis actually worked. Like the, when you when you use stasis on a figure shooter with an arrow, and then when it unstasis, is like the damage. The damage all happens at once, but you can actually see the individual arrow hits going off when they unfreeze. Mm. So you can see it, you can see like the five arrows going. Doo -doo -doo. <laughs> oh right, so they don't like just go. <laughs> no, they don't just t exactly take one big bit of damage, even though all the damage still does happen simultaneously, mm. which was important later on because then once I did that, got through that by murdering the dudes and did the stupid boss fight, which is not any more difficult in Master Mode, of course, because it's not really actually a boss fight. No. You just you just trigger the thing and then stab it a bunch in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> did that. Then did the divine last Divine Beast so I could actually get to the DLC, the main DLC. I mean, I guess I'd already tried the Master Sword a couple of times. Went back and tried that again, and I, even with full health, I was still like, oh, this is fucking ridiculous. I made it to, like, I guess the halfway point of the first set. Because mm, <laughs> in the first... Apparently there's 45 rooms, so they're split into three sets of 15. And I made it to, like, floor seven, and I was like, holy crap, this is a break floor. There's, like, a cooking part, and there's, like, a fairy. Yeah, and there's yeah. some goddamn fish. Yeah, there's break but, floors, yeah. But then I didn't make it much further than that, because then it transferred from Bacoblins into Lizalvos and lots of water. Mm. And, you know... Fighting the whole thing about getting through the early stages was you just run around a lot and just drop bombs mm -hmm. and try and like pull individual enemies off one at a time so you could actually yeah. do things with Kiting. them. Yeah. But once you get to like these like tiny little islands in water, you don't really have. And of course, the Lizelfers can attack you from the water because they because <laughs> they're able to do that yeah. and they can swim, so they can't even run away across the water. It became a big pain in the ass, and I died. <laughs> So I'd still only got to like floor 10 of 15. Mm. So that sucked. And then I was like, okay, screw the Master Sword, I guess. I'll just go do the actual real DLC. So I started doing that. And that was weird. So you, first of all, you get the bit where you're on the get Great Plateau with the one hit, one kill device. Right. Run around and stab enemies. Except... <laughs> 
it's weird. They, they give you the one hit, one kill thing where it's like, you know, you you die in one hit, enemies die in one hit, the whole thing. But they don't prevent you from using your your bows. No. Which work normally? <laughs> yeah, which work perfectly normally. Okay. So I was just like, well, I guess I'll just like thin these guys out a bit by sniping them. Yeah. And then once, once I was down to the enemies that have too much health to just kill with bows, all you do is you just hit them with an ice arrow so they freeze and then run up and hit them with the death device. Because the death then, yeah. then they're helpfully immobilized. So that worked pretty good. The thing that killed me. I suppose you could do that with electro arrows as well, briefly, right? Yeah, that would also the work. The most annoying thing or is. Stasis, like, theoretically. No, oh, yeah. The Guardian dudes, whenever with, the, with their sort of mini shots, single one of those yeah. is nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that killed me several times the first time I went into the into the test of strength that's in that yeah, part. That one's where I was like, because you can. The thing is, it comes up the elevator and it's in the room, and mm-hmm. it runs up to you, and that's when it takes its shots usually. Yeah, and theoretically, I was like, okay, so I'll just put my shield up, but it can outmaneuver your shield and get at least one point of damage on you, and that's all it takes to kill you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so even though theoretically you should just be able to hold your shield up and that'd be good, it doesn't actually work. Doesn't work. Actually... No. So you just stasis and then run up to it and then one hit it. <laughs> Naturally. That was pretty much all I did with all those guardians stasis, in that whole yeah. thing. It's just stasis. Right. right, that's a good trick. Because you can sprint up before it unfolds and then just think, kill it. I think I just got killed anything. in the final room of that. Like when you come through a door and there's like two of them on the other side and they shot me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I just <laughs> that took 10 minutes already. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I need to get back to it. That was kind of annoying. So yeah, there was several like moments of just being like pretty much just fuck this where it's like oh you know don't need to do this the proper way do it the cheap way use arrows use stasis try not to accidentally walk into spikes which killed me at least once yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think they probably should have not done that that was a bit harsh which is like the enemies they're the challenge the like immobile obstacles they're just like you weren't looking in the right direction. You accidentally ran into some sites and then immediately died. <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. So I got through that. And then, so there's those, you do the four new shrines on the Great Plateau in this one hit, one kill state. Then it unlocks four more locations in the world map, which each of those locations point you, points you to three more shrines that have various triggers to enter them. Because you know they're out in the world, so you have to do a do a thing. And the, one of the ones that I did there was, how would you like to fight fucking free flying guardians? And you have to kill them because that's what triggers the shrine to appear. Yeah, classic. <laughs> so it's like, oh, good. What am I going to do here, bastards? And that was where I was like, okay, I could use ancient arrows, I guess, because I've got like four of them. <laughs> yeah, ancient arrows could do that. Stasis them, and it freezes them for about two seconds. Yeah, stasis sucks on those yeah. guys. But it, that was when I realized that I could still implement the same thing I did with the Yiga clan. If you stasis them, it gives you enough time to dump like two shots worth of five yeah. arrows onto the rotors, and that will actually destroy those rotors. It is actually possible to kill the rotors, hmm. even though you never thought it was, even though it told you it was. But that take, you, you have to use like a five shot bow, so you're already using like rare equipment and. Ideally, like electro arrows, so you're doing extra. Where damage. do you get the five shot bows? I can't remember. They're the last, the final tier of Lionel bows. Oh, great! Um, the hot, most hardcore Lionels. Yeah, right. So 
And then even if you do that, you stasis you shoot the arrows at the rotor. It kills one of the rotors, but they can sail off with only one rotor remaining. So you still have to kill all three of the rotors that actually get them on the ground, which sucks. And then once they're on the ground, that's, you're done. You just stab them because they can't actually move. One <laughs> yeah. of those things, would there be a route if you could climb up? Can you jump Can up? you, like, revolve the like like, above them and, like... Like, well, that's what I was doing to get the shot with the arrows because they were yeah. patrolling through these like little canyons. I was like, okay, I can stand at least on their level to, to make the arrow shooting easier. Mm. But yeah, I did previously in my first playthrough, I had tried like standing on them and that doesn't work because the physics doesn't agree, which right. I really think they should have allowed you to do because yeah. they have a completely flat top. Yeah, right, that's, yeah. that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, flying guardians are bastards. <laughs> so yeah, I dealt with that, did all that. And then I got to the first the first boss of the first so you do the three shrines that are linked to this one location and then it tells you to go back to the divine beast of that area so i did the zora's one zora's ones first did the three shrines went back to the divine beast and then it's like okay here you go have a boss fight replay the ganon like boss fight from the divine beast except now you only have what equipment we give you <laughs> oh weird so and it's like so you go into the into water like Gan with like the Zora armor and the like Zora spears from because it's obviously it's like it's being as in, as though you were the original champion fighting it in the first cut time or whatever. I see. So you get like the uh, uh, was it the ceremonial spears? Yeah, you get the ceremonial spears and the light scale trident, and it's like fight water like Gan with only this stuff. But the trouble with that is because now because I'm playing it in master mode, it would be it would probably be not terrible if it was regular. But in master mode, the regeneration of health it completely made that incredibly difficult because a lot of the time, like the especially boss, the boss regenerates. Yeah, all they need to. Oh, I didn't know. That. Especially in water blight Ganon, there's a lot of time you're not shooting him or not damaging him, and then mm. his health regenerates. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was like, this, I can't. And annoyingly, it was like it regenerated back up because i'm not sure what what the rule is but are, when you damage enemies to a certain point they they won't regenerate back to full they only regenerate like to a certain amount with with all enemies mm. and like with with this boss as well the water bite only regenerated up to a certain point but it seemed to be re, uh, the second stage once you've triggered the first part of, once the water goes up and you stand on the platforms once you get to that point he seems to regenerate pretty much all the damage you've done in that phase. Oh. So I couldn't out-damage him because he just regenerated all the damage I was doing. And I was like, well, now I'm completely fucked, aren't I? Then you run out of equipment. <laughs> then you're done. So in, in the end, I had to, I had to, I guess, realise what the actual way to beat that boss was. Because <laughs> normally, it's real easy and you just do it and it's like, it's not even a problem. You just shoot him in the face with arrows and then he falls yeah. down and then you stab him and it's like, it's not, it's, you know, but apparently, the real way you're meant to do that boss is when he summons the ice cubes out of the water and throws them towards you. You stasis, you destroy all of them apart from one, stasis it, hit it, it fires it back at him, and that knocks him down. Ah. And I was like, I never thought wow. to do that in the actual playthrough because it was so yeah, easy yeah, yeah, to yeah. just hit him. That's clever. I was, I was but, seeing my flatmate do that one in the DLC on not yeah. on master mode. And I was trying to get him to like cryonis platforms his way up next to the guy so he could actually hit him. Well with that's, the... what, I was that's yeah. what I was originally. It's just sort of working. <laughs> the trouble is that like 
you get a very small window of opportunity to yeah, do that because when it summons hard. the new ice, it tends to destroy the pillar that you're yeah, trying exactly. to get to. Yeah. So you have to kind you of can, go around the side of him. Yeah. <laughs> on the you can actually pillars. stasis him as well if you want. So that might buy you some more time. But yeah, that but yeah. was quite funny. <laughs> Eventually working out, it was like, oh, you can actually stasis those things. Oh, they actually act like actual stasis of all objects. objects. They don't just break yeah. or anything. Mm. And that actually hits him. And then you just... And also, well... I mean, I guess because this is the DLC happens after you've done the whole of the, all of the four divine beasts, you can't actually access it until you've done them. Right. Obviously, because of how this plays out, I yeah. guess you already have all four of the powers, and I you, at that point I was using the lightning strike to do most of the damage. You only get three of them, but it's more or less exactly enough damage to kill him, apart with some extra stabbing during that phase. So I was like. I can't imagine how you could possibly have done it without that. So you better make sure it's charged before you go into that fight. And weirdly, another thing that I discovered about that fight is that the the door isn't closed, so you can just leave. <laughs> you just wander around the empty Divine Beast because it's not actually real, because it's a memory or whatever. So weird. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that's weird and pointless. Yeah, it's going to take a breather for a second. Well, I was thinking what I could have done is just left and just sat there for 15 minutes and waited for the powers to recharge. <laughs> right, yeah, until you're in the position where it's like, right, okay, I'm going to... Now I'm going to go at it again. Yeah, you could have used the lightning strike as many times as you wanted if you just waited 15 minutes in between each phase. It's kind of weird. That is weird. But yeah, I eventually managed to... Pro strats. Master strats, in fact. Yes. Eventually managed to pull that off, so hopefully the other ones won't be nearly as difficult. Because I, I mean, it will probably be it'll be a similar setup, I'm sure, but I don't think any of those other ones are going to be nearly as problematic. I also I forgot to mention I didn't have nearly as much problem with Thunderlight Ganon because put on the rubber armor. <laughs> Turns right. out that's a good tactic for that fight. Yeah. <laughs> Because presumably you're not susceptible to just getting stunned whenever... Yeah, like, whenever you just, actually get hit, you yeah. just take damage rather than fucking falling over and dropping all your shit. Hmm. <laughs> so it's much easier. Still probably stopped you from using your powers, right, to send the stupid pillars back at him or whatever. I only had to do that one time. I was actually out damaging him so well that I didn't have to do that. I was like, I was managing to counter his attacks for a change hmm. when he rushes up to you. If you time it right and you just do the dodge. Yeah. And then Master Sword him. <laughs> so that will probably be marginally harder in, well, a lot harder in mm. the memory because I won't have the rubber armor, I won't have the Master Sword. Yeah. That will fuck that whole plan up. The other two, probably not going to be that bad. Fire, Fire Light, I pretty much fought. When I did it for real, it was like that was an actual fight again. You know, dodges and counters and actual just standing on the ground. And then the wind one, that will depend on what equipment you give you, I guess. Because presumably they won't give you a bow with very many arrows. <laughs> so that might be more of a pain in the ass. Mm. But we'll see. Hopefully I'll be able to get through that. And those new shrines are like, you know, slightly more fancy than the regular ones. Generally, sli generally slightly longer and more tricky. Hmm. The one where you had to build an inconvenient staircase out of metal objects that were on rails and stuff was 
took me a, a little while to think about it to be like, oh yeah, I can just like shove this in between these other things and like use Cronus to hold up this bit. Kind of awkward. And there was a couple of dumb ones where it's like, oh, here's a giant pachinko machine. <laughs> right. And, and the classic where like you need to you need to run through this pachinko machine as the balls go past and they'll hit you. Or, you know, use magnesis, pick up the ones that are metallic and just set them aside. Because that prevents <laughs> them from respawning. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the classic magnesis tactic where if the thing is spawning, you can just prevent it from spawning by just putting it aside. But it's just, yeah. Can you make sure this thing doesn't ever destroy so it doesn't create another one? Very nice. Very helpful. Yeah. And I fought a gold lionel, I guess. I did that as well. The one in the Colosseum turns out to be gold, or at least at, the, at this point in the game. I think it was gold the first time I saw it, but I didn't go in there. Didn't really give you anything extra. I was kind of disappointed. It was still Don't like the same loot. The one thing that did suck was that he was using a fire sword. Hmm. And when you go, when you dodge a fire sword attack and go to slow motion, that slows the game down a lot. Oh, really? <laughs> You've just got this huge fire explosion right in your face, and you're in here somewhere slashing around doing all your effects, hmm. and the game just doesn't like it. No. Hmm. <laughs> Lots of Zelda. I've still got now. I've got to the point where stuff is new, and it's like, oh, holy shit! Now I'm not just remembering how to do anything. Now I actually have to think about it. <laughs> think. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so that's that. I guess. Just, just thinking cool. about doing those bloke bosses is sort of uh, put me off playing that game again at some point. Because well, admittedly, I don't have to do them again. No. In fairness, I just need to finish the thing. Yep. But, yeah, uh, you have one more boss to go through. Yeah, yeah I, I, did, I, did, I did not enjoy those blight bosses. They, they sucked. I mean, that is the advantage of when I was coming back to it again. It like, like I went and got the Master Sword immediately. <laughs> Just like, that makes mm. things way easier. Yeah, it makes it really easy, apart from that one. Right, there's one annoying one, and the rest of them are easy with the master sword. Right, that none of them are like good or memorable, but really, like nah. the last one's fine. But like, it's like they're either really easy or really frustrating, basically. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, which is kind of a shame given the epic boss battles of Zelda's past. Uh, but yeah, Breath of the Wild has other strengths. That's yeah, they just sort of felt like things that weren't. They, I mean, they sort of had to be there because you got to have some boss fights, but there's, there's always felt like there was something about them that was fighting the new mechanical design. Mm, yeah, you know, they, they were at odds with what, what the rest of the how the rest of the game get the rest of the game's mechanics function. Well, it seems and, like what they actually did. Well, according to how the DLC seems to have played out in this first instance, is like what they needed to do was just restrict things more. Because when you have the Master Sword and all your bows and the, the shit done of weird arrows, yeah. they are real easy to just instantly kill. So this is actually, <laughs> they recognised the that, I guess, and improved it, I guess, for the DLC by doing this. Yeah, I guess. So I'm not sure how they could have done that originally, if, no. you, if they'd done something similar in the first playthrough, where you suddenly lose all your equipment for no reason. I mean, I guess like, even Dino yeah. just takes all your shit for no yeah. reason. Yeah, <laughs> they do that multiple times. So they could have done it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I didn't find them particularly well. I don't know. I guess maybe because it's when, when you're doing it properly on a playthrough, you don't have all that gear normally. 
but it's just because you knew to do them all last or something or do them as but late you, as possible. You have as much gear as you always have. It's not really that you have more or less. It's just that you have gear that you use. They're not designed to... to well, and especially in normal mode, they don't actually have that much health compared to how much damage output you can put on them even just with bows. <laughs> just like regular bows. Maybe I, I don't know. I never found myself that well equipped. And, you know, a bomb arrow does a lot of damage. Put that in a triple bow, there you go. Because you will have bomb arrows pretty much immediately, even if not many. No. Yeah, but there's no point. Your, in Zora's yeah. today, you'll probably have 20. I think my, like, special output was always incredibly low, though. Like, in terms of how many of those arrows I had. Like, would be lucky if I had a significant number of them. Like, I felt like I was just like, ah, I'm just going to unload them all. Well, I've, I'm, yeah, I've definitely got to the point again where I'm just only using special arrows. Where I'm like, I've got fucking 200 lightning arrows, I better start burning through these, because I've only got, like, 50 regular arrows. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've already used all those. I mean, had 200 at one point, but I burnt through them all, and I was just like, oh, well, I guess now it's time to use specials. Start burning the tons of those. And then that's actually inconvenient, because you kind of have to think about what type you're using, rather than just generic arrows. <laughs> That's Zelda. A lot more Zelda. Cool. Well, not that much more Zelda. Guess it depends how much, how many more attempts I have to have on these last bosses. And I guess what happens at the end of the DLC, mm. there's some final, final fifth boss or something. There's something new. Yeah. <laughs> they just make you fight Ganon again. Again. <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> have you got the bike? No, because that happens at the end. Ah. I'm not sure I want the bike. I mean, no. I guess I don't know how it works, but with the ancient horse armor, that just makes the horses functionally equivalently the same, right? Well, I guess you find out, but yeah. Yeah, presumably. Cool. Rob, it's your turn. Oh, is that all you got? Yep. No, right. Oh, boy. I've probably got a fairly large list of little games. I've not really been sinking my teeth into any... Um... And as usual, as is traditional with Ron, mm. he's been playing games that he shouldn't have been playing. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh, I should have talked about this. Um, let's do some catch-up, because I should have talked about this on last pod podcast, really. But I went and revisited Panzer Dragoon Auto yeah. after it turned up on Back Compat. And uh, it, gets, uh, it gets a bit of an up-res when you're running it on... Uh, on a, on an X bone now, like even even my first gen X bone gets you know it's feel, it feels like it's doing a bit of a res bump, and uh, yeah, Panzer Dragoon Auto is one of my you know it's very clearly one of my favourite games of all time, and it's uh, that's not to say it's the best game of all time, but it is one of my favourites. It's right up there, mm. and it's like yeah, but so I've, I've basically played through all of that again, uh, like the main story and as many of the sub stuff as I have unlocked at the moment. Um and uh yeah, I had a re- had a really good time of it. It's like Sweet. a like just it's surprising just how I'd forgotten how hard that game was. <laughs> yeah. Like when like it's it's been a very long time since I last played it, and so when you come when I come back to it, it's just like, oh yeah, these boss fights are really quite tricky. It really does demand you to be on your game and switch to the switching switch to the right dragon type at the right time to deal with all those projectiles and then actually the most efficient way to deal with some bosses is to switch to the heavy type and 
and and just unload on a specific spot and then very quickly switch to the the gun type when you need to and uh maintain that balance constantly and then that's the most efficient way to deal with bosses and it's um and it's uh it's 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 interesting like having having had to relearn all of that stuff and realize that the game basically doesn't take no take any crap from you you've got to be on your game to to get through some of the levels even in normal mode but now i'm start i've sort of started going through it again in hard mode and it's like all right i think i've sort of got this down and i found the first two levels considerably easier than mm. i did playing it through the first time in normal so it's uh you know i'm i'm starting to get it but I'm, it's you know, it's it's that game. That game is great, but it's not it's not without flaws. Like it's got its um um uh, in, especially towards the end, it feels like some of the level design gets a bit lazy. Like the 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 reuse of the dragon mare boss fight is as basically an entire level that just give you more dragon mares to fight, and it's like, nah, that's not all that interesting. I know this pattern already. I can just just do this pattern again, and I'll be fine. And it's like so that was that was a bit tedious, and uh, some of the strategies you need for the, the the last last boss, for instance, are frustrating until you remember what they what they are and the timing you need to do things because it suddenly becomes like oh you need to fire you need to be in this dragon form and you need to fire your lasers to counter this thing at this precise time, otherwise you're going to die, you're going to lose the rhythm and you're and and you're going to die like. Uh, nearly 10 minutes into this boss fight or however many, how much time that took because it was like phase three or something and, or phase two or something and it has this the purple laser of doom i think they refer to it as and it's just just goes beep, 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 and if you don't like counter it at the right time it's just like oh, okay now i'm stuck in a hit loop and i'm going to die real fast and it's like yeah so it's got it has got some problems like i wish it checkpointed better and uh it is sometimes just that little bit too fast for its own good. Things just sort of happen, and you're like, okay, well, what was I supposed to do there? What was the correct technique? Which direction was I supposed to be looking? Because <laughs> of the 360 view on it, and it's, uh, yeah, perhaps it needed a little more telegraphing and a little more assistance in places. Right. But it's, and some of those boss fights are far too long. Yeah, um, it's a quite a grind, isn't it? Yeah, but I love that game style. I love it. So I love I love the dragon designs. I love the uh, the weird synthy music that's like trying to go for some sort of traditional vibes, but then has a sort of sort of phase or flange effect on it or something that's just like making it a little otherworldly. And it's like, oh, I love all that stuff. And it's a uh, it's making me sort of just want I want more Panzer, man. <laughs> Give me my Panzer. Yeah. But it's still great that it's on back compat. If you can get a get get a copy, you you should. It's real good. Bring on Jet Set Radio Future back compat. Come on. Anyway, Jet Set Radio. So what else have I been doing? I um I did tinker around a little bit more with Halo Wars just to play some skirmishes and see like that. See if I because uh, the skirmish mode is where you can play as the Covenant. All right. Yeah. And, and get get a bit a bit of a feel for them. And it's like it's sort of the same as playing as the uh, <laughs> yeah the UNSC. Like the the way the bases work is pretty much the same. The, the technology tree is a little different, and how you upgrade that. In the, in, on the UNSC side, you have to build reactors, and the number of reactors you have defines your technology level. Um, whereas if you're um, uh, you're the Covenant, you have a single temple that you upgrade over time 
to unlock the next tech level, but those upgrades are expensive. So instead of building another reactor to tech up, you have to upgrade that one place. Um, and the Covenant also get the, the the idea of these hero units. So you're uh, when you're playing as the UNSC, you're like you pick a character, and those characters give you like um, they call them commander abilities, I think. But you're basically like saying, "Hey, I want to do an orbital strike here." Is might be one of the characters' ability, or uh, another one might be I want to put an ice bomb here so it stops everyone from using their abilities in this area, mm. um, uh, stuff like that. So everyone everyone has a sort of specific approach and some pros and cons. Uh, on the Covenant side, those heroes are units on on the actual map, um, and you could even be the Arbiter who has like two swords and can go go rage and uh, yeah. and, and kill some stuff, or you've got the brute chieftain who can do some weird gravity stuff with his with his hammer, or the Prophet of Regret that can just summon a big laser from the sky and move that around. Um, and they're all a bit different in the sense that whilst their ability doesn't have a time limit, you can activate it and keep it running. But while it's running, it's costing you resource, like it's it's burning through your money, um, effectively while while you've got that active. So like there's a there's a bit of a judgment call as to whether you sh- you should fire that. And so the AI has a tendency of like bringing like in the early game, bringing a hero, getting a hero in play and bringing it over to your base as soon as it can, and unleashing its rage or it, unleashing its ability on it while you're still probably. Well, the UNSC characters and stuff are still probably building up, and it's uh so that that you know, the Covenant have a sort of sort of Zerg rush strategy, I suppose, that uh that can be a bit slightly tougher to to counter, um but I, I would end up winning most games. It's like the, the like most strategy games, like a, like all most things, I haven't, I haven't really played it with strategy in mind all the time. I haven't, I haven't been faffed to try and say, oh, I'm going to need just my air uh, units selected or. Uh, like maybe I need an infantry rush at this point in time. It's like my brain just hasn't adapted to all that. It's just like, hey, build big, get a tank, go. <laughs> yeah, get the Makes tanks. Sense. Just build uh, those tanks. Yeah. So I think I've hit my limit with that. It's got it's got some interesting game modes. Um, the the ones of note might be uh, you know it's got your standard standard fights, but it's also got the um, there's like a, I think they call it keep away. Where there's like there's like a sentinel that spawns on the map with a flag, and um, the first team to destroy that sentinel gets the unit. I think it's supposed to be the unit that kills it, but it, I think it's just the whatever unit's nearest it on your team will uh, will pick up the flag effectively and be the carrier, and then that unit's got to stay alive for another two minutes for your team to score a point. So you you, you grab the flag and run away to safety, basically, and the AI's got to come get you. And it's a first to three points, and it's like, oh, that's that's kind of a fun twist on the strategy game, I suppose. Something different to do. Mm. Um, and the other one is the reinforcements mode, which I find, found kind of interesting, in that you can't tell the game what units you want. Like, uh, there's a there's like a reinforcement cycle, so you, uh, it becomes a balancing act between um, how much how much resource do you want in your wallet. At the when the reinforcement wave happens, because the because the game is going to spend as much resource as it can on units when the reinforcement wave happens. Right. Oh, I see. Like, and you have no control over what it's going to give you. It's like there's a certain there is a pattern to it. So it's like if you have this much money, it's going to buy this set of units, providing your technology can provide. You know, if you if you manage to tech all the way up to a scarab, for instance, with the covenant, and you've got two thousand quid. And and enough population cap to support it, the game's going to build you a scarab. You know, it's like there are there are um, 
it, 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 there is a predictable pattern to it to to a certain extent. But but yeah, it becomes this balancing act of like, okay, I need to get my I need to I need to get my resource chain as big as it can be. I don't need to worry about building unit production or any of that because the game's going to do that for me. Um, I just need to concentrate on resources and timing it in, a, in an interesting way to get to get the biggest army quickly. And I, the first few times I played that, I royally sucked at it and was just on the back foot for ages um, until I, I realized I had spent so much time defending and just dealing with that consequence that I'd built up quite a lot of money. So my ne- not building things or not upgrading during the fight. So my next re- reinforcement wave was quite large. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and then suddenly everything turned around in my favor and it things, came things at once. got good. Yeah. And it was uh, so I, so that was that was quite interesting. It was, it, an interesting little twist. It's like I think they could have done more with modes. Like it would have been nice to have them had like some kind of maybe uh like world and conflicts um sort of area control game mode, like it's primary game mode, where it's like you've got to have a unit in this zone in order, like King of the Hill, I suppose, but like multi multi hill. Or something like that. So you're you're gaining points and maybe resources while you control areas and things like that. And there's uh, yeah, fairly decent map selection. Um, they're not randomly generated, but they've got a fairly wide range of maps. And uh, yeah, it as with the rest of that game, it seems surprisingly okay. Just yeah. not mind blowing. Yeah, makes makes sense. So Halo Wars 2 is on Game Pass, but I, I've got it installed, but I haven't started it yet. Um, <laughs> is it different or the same? I guess you'll find out. I mean, well, it's a different it's studio. Different, different developer, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, in, I'm interested. It's, but it does, apparently, it does seem like it follows the same characters and stuff like that, like continues the story. Hmm. But we'll, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know how much... Uh, maybe the Flood would be a, um, a faction, or maybe this takes place during the... Um, uh, what are they called? What's the what's the, the 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 faction from Halo Four onwards called? The sort of robot guys. Don't ask me. Pro, pro, <laughs> is it Protheans? No, that's Mass Effect. Or are they or are they Protheans? I can't remember. Probably Protheans in both. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, or Promethean. Might be Prometheans. Basically the same meaning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. So maybe maybe those will be in it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, so we'll get to that at some point. Game Pass. Uh, what else have I been doing? I briefly, very briefly, returned to Hand of Fate 2, of all things, um, because they added some of the stuff I'd been... Well, they, they it looked like they made some updates that maybe addressed some of the concerns I had about it or some of the things I wanted from it. Um, so you, you cast your minds back a few months to when I talked about it. One of the things I thought I'd like about it is a bit. It's a slightly more random mode where you can just get go into it and have an adventure, and the deck building stuff is kind of taken out of your hands. It's and like you know, all of the weapons available in the game could be a drop. Like all of the encounters could be a thing at any time, um, and they've sort of added that. They have an endless mode. Um, but what it ends up being is a sort of hybrid between the challenge mode and the and the sort of random thing that I'm gunning for. Um, it ends up being somewhere in the middle. So the game is like takes place in 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 adventure phases. So you start with nothing, and you're you're you are still building up your item selection and your money and your fame and all that stuff is still is still what you'd expect. But um, but you're sort of going on mini quests over the course of it. So you start, oh, okay, I'm going to go after this guy. 
um, and there'll be a set of maps to traverse until you reach that guy, and, it's, and then you go do a thing, and you kill him or whatever, and it's like then you move on to the next mini adventure. So there's that. But in in the middle of an adventure, you can also choose to do little side quests as well to be like, oh, at the end of this adventure, if you have this much food, then you'll uh, you'll get a benefit from it, or you'll get some kind of detriment if you fail. Um, and it's like, okay, so I have a choice of under like I'm in this phase, I'm feeling pretty confident. Let's take on more tasks and see if we can get through it, and I'll get more endless points as a reward, which is basically your your score for the run. Um, uh, and it it seems quite well made, like it does, but it does fall down a little bit. And that when you're picking one of these adventure schemes, you do get a little bit of deck building, like it will present you six cards. And be like, hey, pick two of these. They'll be in this round. Um, and then it'll give you another pair of six. And it's like, pick two of these. And it does that a few times. So it's sort of random, but sort of directed at the same time. So you can you can avoid some of the cards. Um, but then based on the adventure that you've picked, the dealer's going to chuck some stuff in as well to screw you over. But, you know, sort of based on the adventure you've chosen and things like that. So it's... It's mostly there, but but I can see they're trying to capture the the sort of the, the spirit of what Hand of Fate Two was going for and its deck building at the same time. Mm. So it's it's kind of cool, but probably not exactly what I was after. I think I would have been happy with something a bit simpler. <laughs> um, but uh, it's early days. I've only done a couple. I'm, I'm, I'm a couple of adventures into a run, um, and there's like. Achievement, the achievements seem quite ridiculous. Like, oh yeah, do a run with like 20 adventures and it's like, okay, God, this is going to take a while. <laughs> or I'm going to die horribly at some point, as is the nature of that game. And I'd be like, well, I'm never doing that again because <laughs> it took way too long to get it. Uh, so yeah, I might, I, might, I might go back to that and give that a bit more attention. Uh, did I talk about Riptide before? So, no, okay. maybe. <laughs> so you may remember that I went, I played a bit of Hydro Thunder Hurricane not that long ago. Yeah. Um, uh, the sort of 360 reboot, I suppose, of Hydro Thunder, um, which ended up being sort of not quite as good as the originals, but not too bad. But anyway, it was developed by Vector Unit. And since then, they've gone on to make the Riptide series, which seems to have been having a sort of moderate level of success for these tiny little relatively small budget games i suppose not tiny games but you know small budget games and the most recent one of those is riptide gp renegade uh which is on game pass so i've been playing that um it is an entirely average game (laughs) kind of like everything kind of like the hydro funder game i guess it's it doesn't look particularly great uh and it doesn't handle all that well in terms of the wateriness that you really want from a water again it's not it's no wave race let's put it that way even though you're on like little jet skis future jet skis and uh it's got a sort of rudimentary trick system to gain boost and things like that uh but it's just there's not enough tracks the track design is somewhat uninspired and considerably less interesting than hydro thunders um considerably less interesting um some of them are just real duds I think there there are some like flaws in how their trick system works as well. In that, like most jumps, you can only really get a basic 
Uh, it's like got a dual stick flick system. So if like if you flick both sticks up, you'll jump over the handlebars at the front, or if you flick them back, you'll hang off the back of the bike, stuff like that. Um, but there are more elaborate ones based on like multiple actions with the sticks. Um, but most jumps, you just don't have time to pull those off because it's like you'll do the double flick and the move will start. But if you land in the middle of a move, you'll just fall mm. off. And at mm. that point, you're just like, well, I might as well have done the basic one. Um, and it's got and it's got quite an extensive trick list that you gradually unlock. And it's I want to do the bigger tricks because they give you more boost. But there's there's not that many places where you can pull off a big trick. Um, so some of that sort of creativity ends up getting a bit lost. Um, yeah, that's all I really want to say about that. Mixed mixed bag soundtrack, mixed bag, just a mixed bag game all around, really. Yeah, kind of what you might expect in some ways. Yeah, from from that tier. Um, before I get on to the final thing um, that I'm aware of right now, I just want to yeah, have a quick check-in on Trailblazers, which is a game I haven't been playing, because uh, the reviews for that came out, right? Um, uh, so I, I mentioned this a, a little while back, that it was the, it, ha- it came on my radar because it looked like a, as it's been heavily marketed as a cross-up between F-Zero style racing and Splatoon's paint mechanics, and as a co-op racer as a result. And it's like, okay, this seems interesting. The idea of co-op racing is appealing to me. Like having a team that you work together to achieve the a racing goal seems like a neat idea. And uh, the whole idea of putting putting paint down on the on the track. So when you're when your teammates drive over it, they get a bit of a boost and there's a strategy to how you how, how you know what what line are you painting? Are you gonna try and go to diminish the uh, enemy team's paintwork or just focus on your own lines and stuff like that. It's like, oh, this, this, this seems, it seems like a real interesting concept. Um, unfortunately, it seems like the idea is way better than the execution. Um, in that there were just some game details from what I've read out there that just seem like it's like, yeah, it's weird that they chose to do this. With a small tweak, this could have been a whole lot better. Like how how races aren't decided by your final position; they're sort of decided by a point system, based on perhaps combos you may have been building up during the race, uh, and and the sort of touchiness of the combo system, and how easy it is to lose points by by the tiniest little mistake uh, at points in time, and and like encouraging you perhaps to just slow down and be safe to bank things, and it's like, which is sort of anti racing, and yeah, just. And some performance issues on PlayStation, apparently, which is unforgivable for a racing game. And just uh, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. And also, from from my perspective, the thing that put me off from going in slightly early, it's like ooh, a thirty pound price tag for a, a sort of unproven, what felt feels like you know not triple A product. Not you know, it's, it's like oh, that, that's a that's a risky strategy coming in there. Especially when you've got the next game I'm going to talk about, Laser League, coming in at like a tenner, being the similar sort of scope, right? And being excellent. <laughs> Here we go then. So yeah, Laser League uh, came out of early access, uh, is available on Game Pass, so that's why I'm playing it. Um, uh, also, uh, you know, uh, shout out to Kippers because he recommended this to us a while back while it was in closed beta and he'd been playing it and was just like yeah this is this is this is really quite good um 
uh, as his as his future tip. And he's not wrong. There's there's really something to this. Um, so if you haven't seen anything of it, it's a uh, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's 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 kind of it, this should be simple to describe. So you're in a you're in like a big rectangle. It's three on three multiplayer, and um, you're a dude running around this like flat arena. But uh, every now and then, these 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 white pillars appear, and if you're the first person to touch them, then a laser comes out of them in some in some direction, like a a laser barrier, and okay. it becomes your team's color. And while it's your team's color, it does not hurt you. You can run through it at will. But the enemy team will will get eliminated the moment their character even so much as whiffs it. It's like the, so. The basic idea is is you're battling for control of this laser grid. Mm in order to take out all members of the opposing team at once. Um, so where things get, get kind of interesting is this laser grid is evolving the uh, all the time. These nodes are powering down every now and then, so you're, you're basically constantly going after these new these new nodes to, to gain laser control of the arena. Um, but also when you're out, it's like that's not the end. It's like revival is almost instantaneous. It's like you're, you get a little marker appearing on the ground, and any one of your team members just has to touch that, and you will respawn. Right. Um, so you have to wait very until much... it's in your own territory, I guess. Do you? Or... Uh, well, no. It, there's no. There's no such thing as territory. There's just these right, boundaries. Just, there's just, just the these lasers. barriers. So you can go anywhere on the map, well, and just just don't hit an enemy laser. Um, but it's, that's what I mean. This this instant revival is probably the the game's biggest stroke of genius because it ends up creating this epic push and pull of uh, between the two teams. It's like you could get them down to their last guy. But then it's like, oh no! If we if, if if we can't if we can't get the grid set up at just so, so he can't get back to his teammates, it's like he could just insta res them if they're if they're de- if they're dead in the same place mm. and stuff like that. So, so uh, I guess where the where the advanced team strategy will come in is is things like the teams coordinating to make sure they kill everyone at once and and get the point and and things like that. Uh, which is then where the like the player classes start coming into play. So there's like I think there's six different classes you can be, each fulfilling a different role. Um, with my favorite being the thief, where you can just walk while your ability is charged, you just walk up to a node, activate it, and you can change a particular laser color to your team's color. Um, sometimes surprising an enemy, <laughs> which is which is a larf. Um, but you've got some that are just more aggressive, like Smash will push people quite some distance, um, so you can mash people into your own laser grids um, and stun them for a bit. You've got a Shock that has like an area of effect. Shock um, just takes players, stops players from being able to move for a while, which might be convenient because the grid will probably run run them over <laughs> while they're on the floor. Uh, you've got you've got a Blade that can who just straight up murders guys, but he can only do it infrequently. Um, and Ghost, who act, you know, is designated a medic by the game because he can just occasionally activate ability to just travel through stuff to get to mm. teammates to revive them. Um, and so there, there you go. That, that is the game's mechanics. But yet there is a certain magic to how it all plays out when you're when when it's in motion that is tense and addictive and cool. Cool as all hell. Uh, and it's just, it's there's there's magic behind this simplicity somewhere. So you've been playing it online, I guess, and so yes. Is there, is so that's pr- basically the only. Yeah, it seems okay. Uh, uh, there were there were a couple of moments where I thought it seemed like perhaps there aren't too many people on right now, 
because it was putting AI characters into the teams. Um, and right. it's like, okay, that's usually a bad sign. Um, but there were a couple of matches where we just got matched with the same people um, a few times, which is you know also not a great sign. But then that happens on Rocket League just because of the timing of matchmaking. So well, it's the timing and your skill level. <laughs> yeah. You get matched against the same people over and over because you're at the exact same tier of skill. Yeah. So there, it's, it's, it's worth noting, like, yeah, the, the, this, that mode is basically all you can do. It's all about the online play. There's nothing... Mm. There's nothing really else you can play against AI, and you can do local games, but the, like the the online is the focus. Yeah. Um, but there's no, uh, I think at this point there's no, there's no true ranking. You've got you get XP for every game you play, and that will level up your player level. But there's no like skill trees per se. You're not like going through gold, silver, bronze, or anything um, yet, which I think is probably a mistake. I hope that comes. I hope there is a proper ranked system at some point because. Um, at the moment, it feels like there are games where it's like you're, you're playing against people that clearly have played this before, and sometimes you're playing against people that have no idea what they're doing, uh, which obviously was me for a while. But it's like, but you can, it's one of those games where you can very clearly see it's like, oh, this person doesn't know what their ability is. Oh, that's going to suck. Hmm. Or, oh, they don't understand what, how to revive people. They, they're not going for it when it's really easy. It's like, I'm right next to you, dude. Just touch my icon. We'll be back in this. And they don't go for it, and it's like, ugh, all right. So you know, it has that. I think a ranking system should should be coming. Um, and if not, what are you doing? Um, yeah, and that is that is kind of it. You know, there are some there were some wrinkles along the way, like it has the the it has maps, and, and like where the laser. The, so it, it the lasers aren't random; they always follow the same pattern of when they arrive on the level. Um, during a match so like the match is always on a single map um and the laser grid never changes during that match mm-hmm. so it's like you're, you're the nodes are always going to spawn here they're always going to spawn there so a certain amount of memorization goes a long way um to learning okay if I, I we can time the start of this round nicely we can steal these these nodes before the enemy team knows what's going on and get a bit of a head start things like that um this power up is always going to spawn at this location at this time so if we again, if we have control and we time it right, we can do even more damage. Things like that, um, and it all. I think mean, all of these are smart because they, the lack of random, does result in it feeling you never feel hard done by. Like the game doesn't feel like oh I got gypped there. It's just like oh no because it's all static. It's like everything that's happened had to have been a player action. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 just great. <laughs> It's just really good. Awesome. It's just good, it's just good fun. Um, it's got a really, uh, it's got a really interesting style, like as well. It's like it's gone for the sort of, uh, I guess you call it tech dystopia sort of thing, where it's like everything's sort of a bit dark, a little bit edgy, uh, hyper sci-fi. I guess that sort of Judge Dready sort of feel. You know, it's like it's glitzy, but in a sort of grungy way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh you know nice like they don't make it it's like when the when the game starts for instance it does it just sort of does a it does a little bit of a sports thing where it like pans around the stadium for a bit and it's got this like hyper neon look and then the then the characters all spawn and you see your team and then you see the enemy's team and they're like Rrr. and then um uh and then but then the way the match starts is just so understated but sort of cool like it like it will pan the camera out for a second like in just a hard cut and just have like an outline text round one and a very sort of like stylish way and then hard cut you're, you're on the uh, 
stadium again and then the whole thing lights up and starts going woo woo and then the game starts and it's like that that is possibly and the music's all timed to go with this so it's like as the round starts it's like you get a swell and it's like ah oh, this is this is awesome this is like future ugly sport <laughs> kind of presentation uh, which which is real nice but perhaps they go a little bit too deep with that in the audio design would be my main it's my one real criticism with the game is I think the audio design is a little too floaty, a little too reverby, a little too you're experiencing everything at a distance. Oh, I see. Like, like you're in the crowd. Right. Yeah. Okay. So like so like when people die, for instance, it's like like they, there's not like a sub or anything like that, like a real hard punch. It's just like sort of noise as their character sort of gets gets knocked out and things like that. Every, everything feels you don't feel on the pitch, you feel like a member of the crowd and hearing it like you are a member of the crowd. Um, and all the music is sort of designed in that way as well. So every stadium has its own sort of theme that plays out, but that's, but it sticks a bit too, too much to that theme. I would like it like when a point is won or something for there to be a sort of uplift or a swell or like when the, when the match ends in particular, I would like it to sort of change to a slightly more dramatic finishing sequence Right, yeah. Um, and as a result, the music all sort of blends into each other a little bit too much, even though it's actually doing some nice things under it. Like the round the, the round two music is different from the round one music, for instance, and it gets a little bit more hype each round you play and a little bit, but but within the same theme. So by round three, you've got a very, you know, you've got a, got a different set of stings, but it, it's one of those sort of... Uh, typically sci-fi soundtracks where it relies on a sort of arpeggio of notes or, you know, a very quick mm, sequence of yeah. notes and just repeats that a lot. Right. Um, synth, synthy. But, but does it very fast <laughs> for hype, I guess. Um, but I would like it to sort of like calm down a bit or sort of make a bigger deal of the end of a match and be like, hey, you won or something like that. Do sort of have a little more, just have a little more emotion to it in some ways. Mm. It's, it's, it's almost too distant. It's not to say it doesn't work, but I think it like with a few tweaks, it perhaps could have been could have been even better. But yeah, laser league generally laser league generally laser league. I'm I'm digging it quite a bit. It's it's got its hooks in. I like when I first the first couple of sessions, I thought I played it and I thought this is this is kind of okay. But I went back to it, and every time I go back to it, it's digging its claws in that little bit deeper. To, to the point where it's like it seems to be the game I want to play in, in a given moment. Oh crap! I missed a game. I just realised I missed something. Oh no! Uh, I was I was trying to end on a high for once rather than being all Rob like. No, I knew it was coming because I've seen your Steamish. Oh god! Oh, <laughs> and it's a you game you game. shouldn't have been playing. I should not have been playing this. Oh, we got five minutes left. All right. Uh, I, will, I I I think I can be brief. Yeah. Uh. Whilst we had Kippers and Jammy around my place a couple of weeks ago, we, we were thinking of something that might be stupid to do in multiplayer. So we fired up Vertiginous Golf. For some reason, even though there's clearly better options. There were definitely better options, but <laughs> K- Kippers is weird like that. Um, yeah, we should really play Duck Game at some point. That game looks awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, like yeah, Vertiginous Golf. It's a mini golf game in the sky with weird unity assets and which I actually don't think are asset flips the more I've looked into it like someone actually designed all this <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's a mini golf game. <laughs> but it's like it's steampunk, and, I, and it's got a story mode that is weirdly revolutionary. Like, like well, I mean, in the sense that it's like you know about revolution and things like that, and the difference between the highlands and the lo- where the game, the golf game takes place, and the lowlands where the the people of Scudborough are oppressed. What? Yeah, it's it's really odd. Um, I mean, it sort of functions as a golf game, and it's actually not exactly though. Like barely functions as a golf game. I mean, there, it's the most generic kind of physics engine golf game you can have. Kinda. There, there are some, <laughs> there is stuff to sort of grasp here, and like what we played was actually way more simple than than the, the mechanics it puts into story mode. Like you can actually influence the ball a bit in in like as it's in flight. It, uh, there's a there's a chipper. <laughs> you can chip the ball, which is kind of interesting. There, there's um. Uh, well, that's kind of where it goes, really. Like, the course designs get mental um, as you as you work your way through the the difficulty levels, um, and this is kind of where it starts to fall down. In that the the levels become that little bit too insane, where there's not really a getting a strategy to actually finish a hole in its par is uh, almost impossible. Like to right. say, and it's just like because you're you're at the mercy of physics. And some of the course designs just, just require such, like, almost impossible for a human to sort of figure out exactly where it's going to go. Like, oh, I need to hit it onto over this lumpy bit and have it so it hits this upwards fan at just the right time. And then it's blown by a different upwards fan, so it actually lands on this platform just so, so I can then hit it into the next bit, which requires a fan jump as well. And it's like, unless you can chain those things together with ridiculous precision... Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be over par, and like things like that. It's just just gets a little too mad. And like, it, yes, it does have a rewind function, which which is again limited by uh, some meter that you have that drains every time you use it. But and it would sort of mitigate some of this. But even then, it's a bit bit too mental. It's like like the course the course designs are too mental, and and there aren't enough mechanical differences. I think if they had more weird mechanical things they could do with the world, like oh hey, this thing does has this effect or you could do this crazy thing and stuff like that, or if they their visual style offered for a bit more variety and things like that, maybe this would be a bit more okay. But it's a weird thing. That sounds it. It's a weird thing. Vertiginous. Scudborough. Scudborough. And New London. London. But cool. Like, yeah. Yep. No. <laughs> it's definitely not cool. Don't be playing vertiginous golf. But I mean, play it. Yeah. I mean, play it. But if you want, but yeah, I can't, play... I, can't rec- I can't recommend it. Yeah. Several better mini golf games have come out since then. Yeah, like golf with friends must be better, right? Yep. Right. What's the best current one? Yeah, I don't know. Is it Golf of Friends? Is that top of the list? They're or... too much the same for me to distinguish from yeah. like Golf of Friends and Golf It and that other one. I'm sure I've seen another one really recently yeah. just come out as well. <laughs> They're all too similar. Mm. It's a classic genre. 3D Ultra Mini Golf. Fuzzy Space Golf. Power yeah, that's not what the classic. Not what power power. Power. <laughs> it, it, it has it friggin' has sound effects from Power Putt in this yeah, game. Naturally. The old Classic sound effects that everyone uses forever. The classic took like, <laughs> is, is is in there, and I think even one of the sort of like like ball in the in the, in the cut noises is 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 straight out of Power Fat, you know. 
uninventive sound design. Oh, and some of the, some of the noises are just weird. Like whenever there's like an electricity spark coming off the mysterious floating pyramids that I think are supposed to be holding everything in the sky. Mm. I think that's what they are. But it's sort of weirdly like like they've been sped down or something. They're like <laughs> so odd. And you start around by getting into it, which is actually explained in the story, by the way. You start around by your avatar, which you never see outside of this this weird lobby area because you're just a floating putter in the game. Yeah. Um, like just sitting down into this chair and having this electric thing like zap his brain, which sends I, I forget what they call it. It's like the the your psych visiting the golf course via synthicity or something, and it's just like so you see your like this very ugly avatar. Sort of jiggle around in a chair at the start of every, like before going to a golf course. It's it's so weird. It's so weird. Well, that's the weirdness of vertiginous golf. Go play laser league instead. Play laser league. Cool. I'm out. Um. Well, I finished Uncharted. Woo! So that game's really good. Uh, yeah. In terms of the story. And the graphics are amazing and the animation. And I think it, like, I, I've went back and looked at some reviews and, yeah, it's pretty much agreed that, that, that despite this seeming like the extra one that wasn't needed after they did a trilogy, this is actually the best one. <laughs> right. And I think that, yeah, they basically up their game in every area and uh, including story and right and, and, um, and, and like the fact that you've got, um, so evidently, like, you've got Nolan North playing uh nathan drake obviously but the guy playing drake sam Boy. drake his brother is of course troy baker so of course. He's, he's basically the two best like video game voice actors doing it's basically the, the, uh, the naughty dog hall of fame isn't it that guy? yeah basically um and some of the environments at the end i mean it's just ridiculous the kind of jungle because you end up in a like a pirate island of course quite a lot <laughs> of the tail end of the game and uh, yeah, you can tell some of those people have worked on The Last of Us because there's quite a lot of like broken down old houses that have got a lot of, you know, jungle encroaching inside and stuff. Uh, all looks pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, there's the typical, it's slightly too long, of course. It's slightly too much combat but, but stuff. That is a bit end. of an uncharted thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a bit yeah, of an uncharted it's... thing. But at least it doesn't go weird and mystical at the end. There's no like... Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's no spoiler like, alert, I suppose, but like if you're expecting yeah. it from the previous three games, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it didn't. They didn't do that this time, and they still made it really good because they had enough going on with the story to not need to do like weird stuff like that. Right, but it's still and there's a lot of like kind of disbelief breaking stuff where you because all of it is like oh we go to this place and then there's a clue and then we go to the next place and then oh we go across the world and then and oh and then that means we go to here because we found out this or whatever mm. and then you go through like like down into caves and all of this stuff and then in into thick jungle and stuff but always usually when you find the actual thing that you um we're looking for to make it look dramatic there's like a hole to let the sky in or whatever and it's like well we could have just used a drone to get straight here yeah. <laughs> every single time it's like wow a lost city or like wow or whatever and it's like well yeah if you had a helicopter you could have got straight here 
Uh, yeah, but I guess it's the, the trick is like you never would have seen through that tiny little hole what was there. I suppose, I suppose but, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it's so frequent, and yeah, it bugs me every time. Like, yeah, um, I was. I think it was the the opening area of the last Tomb Raider game. They they basically did that where you've worked mm. through this massive dungeon to get to this thing. Yeah. And then Trinity just blow their way in through the ceiling. Yeah. And they're just like, hi guys, and it's like, for the it. love of. Yeah. So it's quite a lot of that still, um, but yeah. I think they did a really good job ending the series and um uh but still the same my same complaint that just the shooting it just isn't quite good enough. In fact I was thinking that well oh it's it's it leaves quite a lot to be desired. And I was thinking that actually this might be a game that you might what might be actually better on easy mode because I think it has like hmm. lock on aiming or something and that might mitigate the problems. Oh the right so you reckon the difficulty actually turns off some of the assists. I think it does sensitive. yeah. Yeah, so I just went with moderate or whatever normal difficulty, and and it does a, it has an annoying um, habit of occasionally like at a climactic moment when you are in an action sequence introducing some kind of quick time mechanic that you weren't expecting or didn't, ha- or no, didn't right. prep yeah. you for. Like it did that at the end, and I was like, "Oh, that's annoying." This is supposed to be this dramatic moment and this story that I'm investing in, and yet I'm failing repeatedly because I've never done this yeah, like, beep, dumb beep, gameplay beep, before. <laughs> yeah. That was but, the worst. The, the thing, my worst example of that ever is still the ending of Battlefield 3. Right. <laughs> well, you have to fight that guy in the street and it suddenly oh, turns yeah. into quick time events. <laughs> Man, I've forgotten about that. Oh, so dumb. And it's like, and it's the, it, for in that game, that was as dramatic as it's got, but it's just really annoying because it's like, like the whole point is like you're trying to stop a nuke going off and that's how you die every time. Yeah. <laughs> the, the nuke just goes off whenever you fail a quick time event. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's some serious consequences of not pressing X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was some stuff in Halo 4 you could argue was a little bit quick timey and it was like, hey, what quick times in Halo? What, what are you doing? But it's like they, they weren't bad actually. They were, they were okay. They, you'd already won at that point. They weren't they weren't like true quick times. Yeah. So yeah. Um done with that then, I guess. It was a great ride. Uh 16 um, hours or something, pretty long. Really? Uh, wow, that yeah. is long. Yeah, 16 and a half hours, something like that. Oh, I'm going to have to buy a PlayStation, aren't I? Um, yeah, I can oh. lend you it because I'm not going to be playing it. You know, it's a oh yeah, but you've got you've got you've got GT Sport to play. <laughs> no, I mean the not the PlayStation. Oh, the game. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can have yeah, Uncharted. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've got, lending. Well, I've got various stuff to to get on with. I probably will get God of War before um, Red Dead time, but I'm probably going to go back good. to probably going to go back to Zelda now after Zach talked back at it get through that <laughs> it's got uh, in your head yep. yeah yeah gotta gotta do that dlc and probably need to get back to mario at some point as well for a few more moons uh but yeah um good that's that and some more wipeout pretty much Woo. yeah so I, i'll oh, let you know I'm, if I... I'm, oh, I think i'm gonna have to get a playstation damn it well i say damn it it's like i've kind of wanted one for ages but i've just sort of been putting it off and putting it off, but there are so many decent games on it now. They've really They're got just... a good, and yet you, you're you're going to be well into like Horizon and stuff like that. I reckon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my problem is is that yeah, okay. I guess at the moment I'm back. I've been backlogging it for quite some time, and Game Pass yeah. hasn't helped that at all. But because my backlog is enormous now, like just ridiculous, the number of games that I've even given or have got out of bundles or stuff like that that I, that I do want their all touch. But it's like the problem is is that not. 
I don't, I don't feel like I've sunk my teeth into something good for a while. Do you know what I mean? Something that's really because um, you keep choosing to play bad things. Yeah, because I've started because I've started playing them, and it's like I want like you can't just have one Chivo on the list. It's like you've got, got to get that cheap. Oh, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I do that. It's just that like little Steam percentage thing of like, hey, your overall Chivo percentage is like I really want that to be fifty percent, and it's forty eight right now. <laughs> God's sake, <laughs> that's dumb. I know it's, but it does make me play these things, and like, I, I like to think it's it's. Giving me a wealth of experience across the wider gaming landscape. So you can so, so when I, so when I like five minutes and get one achievement and then be done. Yeah, like probably. With golf. Yeah, probably. Although I still haven't done that. Thought was it the hardest? I haven't seen the hardest stuff in Vertiginous yet. So I want to see how dumb it is. Cool. No, it's it's a it's a it's a sickness. <laughs> play good games. Play Laser League. I mean, yeah, <laughs> play good games. Pretty much another version of it has been happening with Game Pass, where you're just playing everything on there just because it's free, and just because kind you've of, got a yeah. limited time to do it. I do have a limited time, <laughs> and that, that, that does uh, the limited time thing does put a pressure on it. And it's like, in fairness, I would like good things have come out of it, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I covered Sea of Thieves, and it's like, which was what yeah, I was cool. what I was excited yeah. for, and yeah, and then that didn't that didn't pan out. But man, Laser League being on Game Pass, what an excellent thing! It's like. In fairness, right now it's like I think it's only like six six quid on Steam, so I'm sort of tempted to pick it up and start playing it there because maybe I can get you into it. Maybe we can get the dream team together and play that instead of Rocket League every now and then. No, no enthusiasm for some Laser League. I don't. I want you playing Rocket League. <laughs> but I want you playing this other game that's kind of like Rocket League that has League in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. You might like it. What if it was a uh... Overleague. What if we had that? <laughs> Just combine them all together. Yeah. Overlaser League. Overlaser League, Rockets. Right. I think that's going to do it for the Salacast. All righty. We got an, another one and then the E3 one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Presumably. Assuming we can get it organized in that fashion. Get yeah. hype. We'll <laughs> see. Any more videos going on on the our YouTube channel? Uh,. Yeah, next week will be <laughs> Sonic Colors Part 3. Oh, yes. Carrying on with that surprisingly okay Sonic game. Yeah. We, we Quite okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was moments where it got a bit worse. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the next two zones aren't, aren't the reasons I remember that game, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's why um, you didn't remember them. Yeah. You didn't remember that they were annoying. So if you want to remember how that game that you remember as being quite good wasn't as good as you thought, then check out our YouTube channel. <laughs> and um, In the yeah. packing of Sonic games, it's still all right. Yep. You know, it's still up there. In the 3D Sonic games, it's up there. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another Salagast. <laughs> Bye. Oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs>